Welcome to Save It For The Podcast, everyone. I'm your host, Pat Cusick, alongside my co-host, John Doyle. How's it going, everyone? And Mark Cacuzzo. Hello to all our fans and to our fellow co-hosts, hello. And a special guest, we are joined by the one and only Tim Corbett, the winner of the first inaugural Save It For The Podcast. A.K.A. Tom Cribbett. A.K.A. Tom Cribbett, podcast Fantasy Football League. Uh, his prize or punishment, depending upon what chair you sit in, is to join us for an episode. Um, is that maybe why some people didn't give it such a great effort in the league this year? Can you explain the lack of uh, yeah. waiver wire moves? <laughs> it wasn't a huge amount of incentive. <laughs> you, you could say some people really gave... I mean, the guy who gave the worst effort is you, Mark. Um, Already on the show. He's yeah. Yeah. yeah, F minus effort out of you. But Tim, Mark. welcome to the show. Thanks up, for joining everybody? us. Congratulations on your victory. Do you have anything to say about the league? Do you want to let Mark have it finally for his poor performance? Uh, So I am proud of you for actually getting a win. (laughs) That was very important because I did not want to see the penalty (laughs) of you going winless. That would have been very bad, I think, for all sides. (laughs) But otherwise, I mean, it would have been like, just it would have been Doyle and I just taking body shots. Well, I was gonna say, think <laughs> yeah. about Cusick watch. We don't know what the punishment would have been, but Mark's reward for winning a bet against John was that John didn't take a body shot. Yeah. Not exactly a great reward. So the punishment I'd have to assume would have been pretty poor <laughs> if you go winless for an entire season. Well, I had floated out there a couple times. If you didn't win a game, he was off the podcast without explanation going forward. I think that was just you trying to kick him out of the podcast. It was not. It was <laughs> a tight window. That was John just being like, oh, well, what's an easy way to get Mike out? You guys, you know, the sad part is you guys wouldn't have skipped a goddamn beat. <laughs> Yeah, we would have missed some of your numbers, Mark. Uh, All right, well, thanks, everybody, for joining us. It's episode 49. This is a loaded week. We've got a shitload to talk about. A lot of NFL stuff, baseball, Hall of Fame. That will be covered in three big questions. We've got a fun toss-up this week. Before we get started, where, where, before we get into all that, where do people want to jump in this week? Got some NBA All-Star stuff I wanted to talk about. We obviously have some new coaches going on in the NFL, which we'll get into a lot more, I think, in a couple weeks, so we can certainly touch on them this week. Um, the All-Star game is very interesting to discuss. Some of these All-Star starters are very surprising, well, namely I, just one. But. Yeah, I think I think pretty much all of them would be whatever, you know, maybe not our perfect picks, but we'll just, just say it. Um, so the All-Star NBA starters came out yesterday, and it's who you'd expect. It's LeBron James, it's Kevin Durant, you know, it's Jokic, Jokic Giannis, Steph Curry, Embiid, um, but standing out like a sore thumb is John Andrew, Morant, of course. Yes, <laughs> is fucking Andrew Wiggins Andrew, and DeMar DeRozan. This is not a. This is not a. I brought it up. <laughs> but he's listing them all up. You know what I like. To, I, you know I like lists. Shut up. Well, you didn't list them. <laughs> but all right. So the one that stands out like a sore thumb is Andrew Wiggins is starting in the All Star game this year. He's got to be what in the Western Conference the. 40th best player? Say, what does he average a week? He averages 18 points a game. Okay. So, which is fine. He's not a bad player. No, he's perfectly fine. He's having a nice little season. But are you telling me he's the, the best small forward in, or second best forward in the NBA, so and the shifted, Western Conference? They, so they've shifted the all-star voting to, it used to be like point guard, shooting guard, small forward. So now it is backcourt and frontcourt, which seems a little dumb in and of itself. Right. Because some of these guys are... You know, DeMar DeRozan was voted in as a guard for the Eastern Conference, right? He's having an incredible season. He does not play guard for the Bulls. Well, he's yeah. a power forward. He's not a power forward for them, essentially. Now, he used to play guard, and you could say he plays small forward and shooting guard, and he kind of bounces yeah. around. 
But Andrew Wiggins was voted in as the a starting front court player. He was voted in over the likes of Rudy Gobert, who also counts as a front court player, is probably the best defensive player in the league, averages 16 points and 15 rebounds, three blocks, shoots 70% from the floor. Carl Anthony Towns, another front court player, 24 points a game, nine rebounds, three assists. All of those are more than anything Andrew Wiggins does by a significant margin. Shoots 42% from three, is the best player on his team. Yeah. How, how is he getting? Because <laughs> it, it, it's not just it's not just fan voting anymore. Yeah, right. That's why I was that's surprised the thing I don't about. Understand if it was just a fan voting, you just throw it in the trash and go whatever. He got the most votes yeah. by fans. Cal Ripken in the MLB, exactly. Fourteen years in a row. It's like he definitely wasn't the best third baseman. Yeah, he started at center for the Western Forever, Conference yeah. for a while <laughs> yeah. until he literally couldn't play. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess it's to me what it highlights is a, a like a overall. I feel like nobody cares about this like a game, right? So it's. Is Gobert pissed that he wasn't that he's not? Oh yeah, I'm sure he's rip shit. Oh, it's cash now, right? Yeah, cash is cash amazing, involved right? and all those things. I'm sure he's rip shit about it. So what's the? I mean, is there an explanation for it other than people don't like the the the, the guys that were not voted in and well, Wiggins is back. So fans get fifty percent of the vote. Players get twenty five. Media get twenty five. So it's sort of split around like that. And um, Wiggins was fifth from the players, sixth from the media, and third in the fans, and it just ended up outweighing the other ones. I guess there wasn't a lot of great options, they were saying, but I, I really don't understand. I guess maybe it does go to show you, we're going to talk about the Baseball Hall of Fame and the issues with the voting there. Mm-hmm. It's not perfect to give it to the players and the coaches either. Like That's not a perfect solution to be like, well, they'll vote. They'll do a good job. They follow the league closer than anybody, right? No. Yeah. Like, it's not <laughs> a perfect solution. Like, he, he's, Wiggins was, you know, he should not be in, and he was higher on the players' bell than you'd think. Yeah, I mean, anytime, anytime you're doing a vote like this, or like we will talk about all of it, it's like people are going to have ulterior motives based on their votes and their own biases. Biases like maybe there's some people out there that are just like, fuck Rudy. I don't want him, right. you know? Or even more so, Andrew Wiggins has been on like four or five teams. He's Canadian. People might be like, Andrew Wiggins, he's a good guy. Right. Let's vote for him. Fuck he always Rudy. picks up the tab. Fuck, fuck Rudy Gobert. <laughs> How do you say, you know what I mean? How do you say you got booted out of the All-Star game, Rudy? Well, I'm sure he'll get in, but... He's not Star. Star, yeah. forgive me. Yep. Bizarre, though. Um, I, I thought that had to be mentioned. I, I mean, I don't know. Um, other than that, we've got NFL coaching hires. Uh, the Broncos hired Nathaniel Hackett mm-hmm. as their head coach. We'll get into, We'll talk about this more, I think, maybe next week. We'll kind of do a more deep dive, and we'll see how the rest of it shakes out. But Nathaniel Hackett is the new... Broncos head coach Matt Eberflus, I think is how you pronounce his name, is the head coach of the Bears now. Was there one more that I'm missing? Um, no, uh, no, no. So Dan Quinn said he's definitely not leaving the yeah, Cowboys. He's definitely but that's staying. Right. And I guess in Josh McDaniels, Josh McDaniels potentially is Las Vegas. No, coach. but no one else is set. Right. Yeah. Yep. So those are the two hires. Um, we know Sean Payton has left, so there's another open job. Jaguars are still open. Raiders are still open. Um. Dolphins are still open. So I Most just, openings in 13 seasons. Giants are still open, correct? Yes. Yeah. They, they hired, hired their the GM, open. but they have not hired the coach. So that's a lot of fucking openings. I, and I don't necessarily think any of these guys have gotten hired are necessarily bad coaches. I don't know enough about you know the, the Packers offensive coordinator to be able to do this. Yeah. But there's guys out there like Brian Flores, and I feel like these guys are rushing to like the discount DVD section instead of going for the guys that are going to make a difference. Right. And I just never really understand when when you see guys like certain coordinators go 
And then meanwhile, you still have guys like Eric Bieniemy, yeah, who great point, Tim. For some reason, just can't get a job somewhere. So I never really understand why the NFL does what they do. But at the end of the day, they're just a bunch of billionaires playing with their toys, saying, right. "Well, my guy smoked you this year." I will. Well, that's uh, Mark. Do you want to go? I will just say quickly that the Broncos, I assume, directly uh, hired the Hackett because they're 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 all in on getting Rodgers. I would assume that's what I've Sounds been told. All right. That's what I was. So that would explain yeah, that hard too, right? That. Something yeah. on the inside. No, yeah. one, but I assume that no, is the kind of right kind of on the wall. Would you agree with me or no? No, I do. But yeah, I assume it's connected to that. And, and like we said, we'll do more. I don't know. Some of it, I kind of I agree with what Tim's saying though. It's a bizarre how quick it has to happen. I guess there is a lot that goes on, you know, get the, in the ball off motion. season. Yeah, right. But do, was there like a big push for anybody to get Matt Eberflus, the uh, defensive coordinator of the middle of the pack Colts? Who I couldn't mean, stop the Jaguars at the end of the season. That's that's really strange to me because so again the Hackett thing makes sense because if you if you tie him to a Rogers rumor that makes a lot of sense. Eberflus, it's sort of like one of these things that I throw my hands up in the air too and I say, oh, I, that's just a Bears move, I guess, because like it, it makes yeah. no sense. Like I just you have to imagine, and we could talk about the other ones that are open next week. If you have Justin Fields, you ha- once again, you have to go with an offensive guy. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? Like, how do you have this much capital and a brand new quarterback, and then you hire a defensive coordinator as your head coach? That's a great it's, point, John. Shad Khan move where you're just like, I'm going to bring an Urban Meyer for this this kid, Trevor Lawrence. Let's see what happens like, here. Like, why? Like, why? I mean, it, even, even, Urban was obviously a horrible hire, but at least he was supposedly, like, knew something about offense or he knew good mm. people around him. This guy, Eberflus... Why? (laughs) John, that's a great point on your end. You think you're the Bears, and you're like, hey, how about Josh McDaniels is in play? This guy has worked with Brady for the past 15 seasons. Maybe he'll be good good working with Justin Fields, our prize quarterback, our franchise quarterback. Great point, John. The thing that makes the biggest difference in the Bears' future will be the success or failure of Justin Fields. And so the man to shepherd him through that is... Matt Eberflus. Somebody who we're not even sure we're pronouncing that right. <laughs> yeah, we're really yeah. not. I have no idea. He that. just sounds like one of those coaches that's going to be run-of-the-mill two years down the road. You're like, who was the Bears quarterback back in 2022 and whatever? <laughs> I'm a pretty knowledgeable NFL guy, I think. I couldn't pick that guy out of a fucking police lineup. Uh, you I can, can't pronounce his name. Honestly, I, so I saw the tweet that he got hired, and I actually asked myself, because I'm, I'm, Mark, I'm much like you. I follow fake tweets all the time. I was pretty convinced that wasn't a real name. I knew I wasn't. <laughs> who is this guy? Like, this can't be real. Though, John and I read an interesting article the other day who was putting himself in the running to be the Bears coach. We heard there was this big article on The Athletic right before they hired Eberflus, like a couple of days before, being like, uh, and the headline was like, Mike Singletary is ready to be the Bears head coach. <laughs> and it was all about, you remember Mike Singletary? The fucking, fucking love Mike Singletary. The he had the best coach. press conference post game ever. He's a we won't get into it, we've discussed it before. The whole article is like, ostensibly trying to like lay out the positives for why they should hire him and every paragraph is like worse it's like first off they try to like give him cover for when he like pulled down his pants in the locker room and it's an interview with Mike Singletary he's like I'll show you what I did and so he immediately pulls his pants down and he's like I only showed one of my butt cheeks and I had I mean, my the underwear man's brittle with CT let's and be so honest he does that and then they're like talking about his head coach degree. he hasn't had a job in the NFL in age he's like he, he was eager to get back in so he linked up with the he called his buddy Jeff Fisher and linked up as a defensive assistant for oh, the Rams because they didn't have any coaching jobs. He made 15 bucks an hour. I'm like, oh, jeez, this guy's hurting. Then it lays out his – he coached the high school team, went 1-22 and 22 there. He coached an AFL team, went like 2-7 and seven there. Maybe he, could, maybe he could be the next head coach of um, 
that that fake high school that, that got <laughs> yeah, smoked on uh, yeah, live yeah. television. <laughs> but it was uh, just, Bish, uh, Bishop Sycamore. It was one of the funnier articles I've seen because it didn't do Mike any favors. I don't think it'd be getting any jobs after this. It's almost read, written like an Onion article. Pat sent this to me last night, and in between all of these paragraphs, it says like in all caps, "That's Mike Singletary." <laughs> and it's like it's like you just like laid out how he like took a minimum wage job from Jeff Fisher. And then, like he, like like sort of passively aggressively complains that that the linebackers were asking for too much out of him based on what he was getting paid. Yeah. And then it just like it doesn't tell you how he left the team. And it's just like flashed to 2018. He's in charge of the Christian Academy in Texas, where he goes one in 21. This is Mike Singletary. It's like, dude, he's ready to coach the Bears. I guess me too. Yeah, not for nothing, but Jeff Fisher just got hired by a USFL he did. team. Maybe Mike will be joining. Did he seriously? Him. Yeah. He's Wait, are, they doing, are they doing more leagues now again? Because yeah. I feel like because COVID kind of stopped it. The XFL last time. Kind of awesome. Was it? I enjoy that they actually put the lines at the bottom of the screen, so I'm not sitting there doing, are they six and a half point favorites? They actually just yeah. put it all out there for you. They did it. I agree with like, you, Because they, they know the monsters watching it are obviously betting on it. Yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> I'm not here for the XFL for the, for the right. you know. I, I agree with you, the, the XFL, not to get too much, but they took the angle previous before where it's like, we'll give you shit that the NFL doesn't give you, and what they're doing is smart. They're like... Yeah. Fucking betting lines, yes. This is what the fucking spread is. Yep. You know Hold on. I mean? Let me just... One last thing about that single Singletary thing. Please. Oh, God. I can't help myself. <laughs> Jeff Fisher is an ex-teammate and friend of his who he called up because he wanted to coach. Jeff Fisher's response is to an old teammate who was a way better player than him and a presumably lifelong pal. We don't have any spots for you, but we'll make something up. We can pay you $15 an hour. If one of you guys did that to me, <laughs> no, it's I would millions. be like, we're not friends. Yeah. Are you fucking Fuck. kidding me? That's You're going to pay me minimum wage? Be like, hey, by the way, you can come and uh, sweep up after practice. If John, you'd like. 15 bucks an hour, you can walk Bronze Dog for me. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> well, it's like Fisher was making millions at the time. He had been coaching that team forever. He could have done whatever. He could have been like, yeah, you're the third defensive coach. Yeah. That must mean single. they probably stuck Singletary in a booth near nobody and said, stay away. Pants <laughs> up. Yeah, yeah. balls only, pal. Yeah. <laughs> they buy him a belt, and then they just put him inside of a room with a, a microphone and everything that just leads to nowhere. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> Mike's doing really good up there. And he's yeah. just sitting, I talking they... ragtime to himself. Yeah. I wonder if they used uh, Singletary's salary as like a tax write-off. Oh, my God. <laughs> Charitable donation. Exactly. Uh, anything we else we want to touch on before we take a quick break and get into three big questions? I don't think so. No. Um, Alrighty, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening to Save It For The Podcast. You can find us on both Instagram and Twitter at Save It For The Cast. That's Save It, the number four, The Cast. Thanks for listening and back to your regularly scheduled programming. Welcome back to this week's show, everyone. In our first segment of the week, three big questions. We've got to dive right into the uh, follow-up from uh, last week's NFL Divisional Round. Uh, We wrapped up with what after a sort of a disappointing wild card weekend i would say as far as close games go one of the best weekends of football i've ever watched easily easily best weekend i've ever seen of football it was um i mean all the games were pretty much like uh down to the wire nail biter you know very interesting you know uh coaching decisions on uh, Mm -hmm. the last few plays of each game um what will you? What What's the big takeaway? What will you remember from this week, this year's divisional round? And uh, you know, what's so? I guess what's your big takeaway? And what team impressed you the most? Personally, uh, I thought the team? I thought the Bengals. Uh, it's 
Joe Burrow, you got sacked nine times. I think they said it was an NFL record for the first half. He got sacked five times or something like that. Yeah. The guy just doesn't, he just nails. He gets up, he throws again, he ends up throwing for <laughs> just south of 350 yards. He threw a pick, but that guy, you always feel like you're in the game when you watch him play. And mm-hmm. they always, now they're comparing Mac Jones to him, and I I feel like that's a, a bit of a far stretch at this point. But, I mean, if he turns anywhere near Joe, Joe Burrow, I think we're going to be all set because that guy wants to win. And watching, I got to be honest, I never liked Ryan Tannehill. So watching him throw a pick oh, twenty seconds left was—it was like a nice little treat for me. Talk about writing on the wall for the Titans, needing another, needing a better quarterback actively. They—they they didn't get a lot. And which actually, I'll go ahead because I Please. think it's a great uh, segue for me, Tim. Is how incredible the quarterbacks in the AFC are deep. I know uh, Herbert didn't make the playoffs, but you mentioned obviously Allen, uh, Mahomes. You can include Herbert, Barrow. These guys are studs, like very generational talent quarterbacks. Um, that's my biggest takeaway is how much I think the AFC is so much more of a path. It's more challenging to get through the AFC to get to the Super Bowl than the NFC by a large margin. Interesting, yeah. Totally. Well, maybe probably over the next few years as a guy like Brady will inevitably have to retire or go somewhere else. Yeah. Now there's, I mean, a year ago you would not have said that Breeze was still in play. Yep, yep right. Um, it's an interesting point, especially from a long view. Yeah, it's uh, an it's an interesting almost changing of the guard perspective. You know, of like we are segueing. You know, we had Brady versus Matt Stafford. We had Aaron Rodgers on that side, and it's like, you know, Stafford's not old, but he's not young. He's not, you know, thirty three. Probably Rodgers is certainly near the end. Brady's very close to the end, and. On the other side, it's pretty much all young quarterbacks. Even Tannehill's kind of whatever. But the other three, probably some of the future of the league. What do I remember most this week? <sighs> I thought about that a lot because I was like, God, how do you, you – you almost forget how good the first – I mean, the games weren't the first – like Saturday weren't like high-flying, exciting games. They were just tight down yeah. the wire games. Yeah. But you almost like forget about them as you get to that Bills Chiefs game. So I guess that's what I'll remember most. I'll remember rooting for the Chiefs and being like, "Oh well, there goes that one." Like, "Wow, I can't believe the Bills are finally doing it." And then being like, 13 seconds is not enough to have this team beat." You know, yeah. it's like I don't think I, I'll, I'll probably forget the Bengals Titans and 49ers Packers games pretty soon. Like they were good games. I don't really remember. I don't think I'll ever forget no, that. No chance. 13 seconds. That I think will be when Mahomes retires and goes to the Hall of Fame. They'll talk about that kind of game because it was just like no matter what too much time. And, and, 13 and, seconds. Too, too and, jo- and Josh Allen in terms of when his career is over. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely bring that game. I mean, but you know, when you lose it obviously doesn't get brought up as much. But winning that game <coughs> 13 seconds, it just should be so done. You should not be able to get in field goal range in 13 seconds. And there was a great clip uh, NFL Films tweeted out of Kelsey Mahomes and Tyreek Hill on the sidelines before they go out, before the kick comes in, and just talking to each other and sort of saying, like, they almost knew what was going to happen. And the first play goes right to Hill. Kelsey gets the block. Hill gets out of bounds. And then they have video of Kelsey saying to Mahomes, if they play that coverage again, I can get him on the same, the, same, the seam, yeah. Yeah. and then he fucking just does it like no problem. I can't stand Travis Kelsey, but I don't. That was like for a non Patriot team, like wow, what a thing yeah. to, to see, and like I won't I won't forget oh, that yeah. anytime soon. Well, that's one of those things that I I saw the same the same footage, and it looks like Kelsey is sort of 
driving the bus in both of those conversations with Hill and then Mahomes at the end. Mm-hmm. And he has this reputation of being almost a Gronk-like bozo, like a, just a not, not a bright yeah. guy. Yeah. He seems to have a very good idea of what has to happen, at least in a football sense. A hundred percent. He's a veteran too. He's the veteran of that those that triumvirate right that, there. I think that the the first call, Pat, uh, in that NFL films clip of him being like telling Tyreek Hill, "If you do this, I can pick him up, yep. and you'll be able to go further. I'll be able to get out in front of you." Yep, is even more impressive than telling Mahomes about the seam route because that's a quarterback receiver connection. Being yeah. like, "Hey, to your other wide receiver pal." Yeah. Dude, this is the way to break this because I'm gonna, I'm gonna, right. I'm, I'm gonna block for you. Like watch through on the outside saying I'm gonna make it like make a route skinny and like the guy's like, okay, yeah, I get it. Like we're both seeing the same coverage here, and I mean it's the same thing. That game where you're wondering how the hell are you not covering Travis Kelsey there? Well, like, how is there not an active body on this guy? You know he's that good, and the same thing happened with Cooper Cup at the end of that Rams game. You're sitting yeah. there wondering how the hell did you guys sit there make accounts and then just sit there and do Cooper Cup. We'll let him run the steam right here. Not a big problem. I, uh, Ted, thank you for bringing up that game. I think we should discuss well, that. Well, I haven't gone yet. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I mean, what's yeah. the point, right? Yeah, five people here. Alvin's in here. Um, were you done talking about Kansas City? Because there's a... There's a no, I feel no, like please. Yeah, you go ahead. You go so ahead. Much. No, um, so uh, Mark, if you want to talk about that game, you're more than welcome to after I talk about what I think stands out the most to me is the San Francisco win over Green Bay. Even though it wasn't a high-flying, most memorable game, what I think will stand the test of time for me is the image of Aaron Rodgers losing again at Lambeau Field. Unbelievable. Sort of a person that is uh, considered one of the greats of his generation, maybe of all time, somebody that you see hoisted up there next to a guy like Brady and things like that because they played in the same era. And he... I think that it would be fair to say that as talented as he is, he is not a man of the moment. No. Right? I mean, this is somebody I thought I was laughing about it going into like watching after after the game. He talked all week about how what an advantage it is to play at Lambeau Field in the cold. We get to bring people up here. This is where we play. Uh, we're used to the cold. We love it. They looked miserable out there. And he looked <laughs> fucking absolutely. He, you know what he did? He looked like a kid from Southern California mm-hmm. who was yeah. playing out there. And he um, he wilted again. Three was his last three uh, possessions, John. Three and outs, I believe. I mean, or something like that. I mean, he just played regardless of anything. Yeah, well, he he, yeah, sh- yeah. he he shit the bed in the biggest moment, which That's, he's done before. The last two possessions was a three and out, a block, time didn't. Uh, they settled right. for a field goal. So. The, it's it's the out of the four games, as great as they were, like you for the reason the same reason that you mentioned the KC thing because it'll be what they talk about when they put Mahomes and Canton. I think this is a legacy-defining moment for Rodgers, too, especially if it's the last time he plays in Green Bay. Yeah, it's a great point. I mean, I guess it for Rodgers, it may depend on how he finishes his career. Like, if he goes and wins a couple titles somewhere, it's like a blip in the road, and it was like, oh, whatever. But if, if it just winds up being the only ever won that one title, I think his story will be one of unfulfilled potential. For, you know, he'll, he's about to win his fourth MVP, I believe. Yeah. He's won one title. They've been the number one seed the past two years, correct? I mean, they've won the one seed a bunch yeah. of times. He's lost to Jimmy Garoppolo, Matt Ryan, Eli Manning. The list goes on and on of people who have beat him in the playoffs who aren't Hall of Famers. It wasn't like he got beat. Look, it's one thing. Josh Allen lost this week, right? Diminishes nothing about him. He's no. as good as it gets. Better, I think, than I ever thought he was. Yeah, I didn't watch, think he had the gumption for a game like that, and he, he, he just showed that he did. He, he he could easily win the Super Bowl. He could have easily won it this year. He's he's as good as it gets. I, I've been wrong about him before. Like, Josh Allen is great. There was no shame in him losing that game. It wasn't like Rodgers was beaten by some great game. 
No, he, he scored was, 10 points. Yeah, well, no. third, he scored yeah, touchdowns third, on the third Jimmy third time of the game. I mean, come on. Do you look at Josh you look at the potential because he's on the other side of the hill, right? Yeah. Right. Whereas you look at Rodgers, you said this is a 39-year-old uh, elite quarterback who might not get another great bite at the apple, right? So that's sort of the difference. It's like you look at Josh Allen, there's no shame in that loss for a million reasons, but also it's because there's hope, there's optimism in that loss. Yeah. Because it's not like this is the last, that's not him going out on his back. That's him as a, you know, fourth-year player or whatever he is. Throwing for 329 yeah. yards and four touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. 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 it's incredible. Pretty player. okay day. The, the Packers game, the one thing that really blew my mind, and I mean, at the end of the day, it really could have made the difference. What the hell was Aaron Jones doing? Cutting back inside on that 75-yard catch. He just stayed to the outside, and then you're at least getting closer to the end zone. He ends up cutting back inside and gets tackled way earlier than he should have. Yeah. And, I mean, really, that's another one. You take those 75 yards away from Aaron Rodgers, and that really makes it look that much worse on a blown coverage when they just let a running back from the backfield just run down the sideline. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Uh, John, I couldn't – yeah, that's a very good point, Tim. Also, John, I agree with you. Aaron Rodgers, the look on his face when he was walking out of Lambeau was something like he didn't even con- – he didn't even consider the fact that they might lose that game in Lambeau against the Niners. It was LeBron walking off the court in Boston against right. Celtics yeah. back in the day. Like, I can't do this here. I'm just This not is it, that. right. Um, exactly. Oh, man, I hope he you, goes somewhere and then he has to play in Lambeau to win, to get to the playoffs or something, and then he just loses again. I just, this year, I'm so sick of Aaron Rodgers with this... BS where you're saying the media was silencing him. I mean, he has like a half-hour segment on Pat McAfee's show every single week. I have not heard more about a guy yeah. other than Aaron Rodgers. I do nothing to follow Aaron Rodgers. No, right. And I have not heard more from this guy. He's so in the middle of fucking nowhere. Yeah. That's really true. I think one thing that will, you know, what stands out from that game a little bit too is like the little things do matter, right? They lost 13-10 to 10 because they had the worst special teams unit in football so, all year. They did nothing to fix it. Yeah. Block field goal, block punt, you know, and they just, they had the 32nd ranked special teams. They kept Mason Crosby for reasons unbeknownst, what, just nostalgia? (laughs) (laughs) You've got to have a cutthroat thing. Like, the the coach LaFleur defended that special teams coach all season, defended Mason Crosby. Um, You can't be that bad at special teams and win the fucking game. I know Rodgers wasn't good. You can have a punt block for a touchdown and another field goal blocked. You're going to lose. I remember, (laughs) during, especially right at the beginning of the dynasty, throughout for the Patriots. Belichick would always talk about three phases of the game, and us as Pats fans, sports Pats fans, when he mentioned special teams, we'd always roll our eyes, like, oh, geez, really, special teams that important? This fucking this uh, postseason really showed how important um, all three three phases of the game, but especially special teams for sure. And he, what's crazy, the crazy thing about it is, so during Gould's, what was that? It was a forty-five yard game winner. The Packers had ten men on the field. I saw that. Just That's just unbelievable. Like, how does that happen? That's your one last chance to make sure this game goes to overtime. Maybe you can scrap a win out of this, and you send ten guys out on the field. That that coach needs to be sh- like brought out back and shot. Like, that's so bad. Imagine you the eleventh guy that's not out there. Like, fuck, I think I am on field goal block. <laughs> yeah. Wait, look, wait, we do a block right now. Yeah, exactly. And then looking out on the field, no, I'm not on field goal defense. I'm on field goal block. Shit. So, <laughs> So okay, so we had we 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 didn't even touch on the Brady. Uh, no, we didn't talk about that. Game. So yeah, Mark, how are you feeling? <laughs> I you know what? Good for if this is his last game. Good for him. He had a hell of a comeback. Twenty down, twenty-seven to three. I will say he was very fortunate to get in that position. 
I think he was the one that had three three and outs. Um, How are you feeling emotionally? Emotionally, I feel fine. You feel good. Would you bring him to space? I'll tell you this. If Brady wanted to do one more year with the Patriots, I'd fucking drive to the airport to pick his ass up. That is, that's an unacceptable <laughs> take. Exactly. Unacceptable. Well, you know the what? Other, I, I want to say this for with absolute certainty. When Tom Brady does retire, which will come maybe this year or next year, you don't get to celebrate his career. That's because fine. you rooted against him so hard at the end of it, so so anti-Tom Brady. It's not just that you didn't root for him. You actively rooted against him. You celebrated his misery. You should not celebrate when he retires and say, what a great career. Tim, Don, what's your... I Tim, agree with that. <laughs> Tim, what's your, Tim, what's your perspective on this? On you and Tom Brady? Because I am on their side, <laughs> sir. Thank <laughs> you. But can I ask you a question, gentlemen, real quick? Because I do think this is Tom Brady's last season. Why is it that I'm obligated to root for the Buccaneers? You're not. No. You're, no, you're just, you actively rooting against them, being like, go Rams, Bucks are cooler than a cold sword. I don't like the, I, you know, I don't like the Bucks. You're rooting actively, you are, you are not rooting against them because you don't like the Bucks. Stop it. You're rooting against them because you want Brady to lose. Does everybody here agree with that? Yeah. Yes, John I want Brady, yes, I wanted the Brady to lose, <laughs> I wanted the Bucks to lose. You would fall under the lights pretty quick, huh? Sheesh. Well, so, no, I admitted that. You said you, you just tried to say don't like the Bucks. You actively I don't like Tom the Bucks. Brady to lose. That was the only reason you were against the Bucks. If the quarterback was James Winston, you would not have thought twice about the game. Of course not. Yes. Well, then there you go. There you Tom, go. Cause, <laughs> you know what, yeah, because Tom could have chose to stay. All right? Uh, Eli Manning was quoted recently talking about Rodgers potentially leaving, saying, you know, the grass isn't always green on the... I know, granted, Tom obviously made the right decision. But yeah, I'm bitter as a fucking Patsman. I wanted him to stay. I think last year would have been a totally different outcome had he stayed. Yes, because well, no the Buccaneers shit. won the Super Bowl. So we, uh, yeah, certainly they wouldn't have. Well, what I'm saying is, I think the Patriots would have been a better team. Oh, what Tom Brady than Cam Newton? Oh, G. Wilkers. Thanks, Captain Obvious. But they wouldn't have won the Super Bowl. But we don't necessarily know that. Oh, well, shut up. Even if I mean the fact that you hated him, <laughs> it's, oh, it's 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 mind-boggling. And then today, him. I, just, I actively rooted against him on the and Buccaneers. And then today you did the same thing with that moron Rob Gronkowski on your Instagram page. Patriots Gronk better than well, Bucks Gronk. It's true. Who of course he was. Well, it's, just, it's the same. You mean, thing. A, you mean a younger guy in his prime was better than a guy after like five years? They're the same surgeries? people. They're Joe, wearing different helmets. Joe Montana. Niners better than Joe Montana okay, Chiefs. Chiefs. <laughs> like, oh, I wonder. Fuck the think, Chiefs. Yeah, do you think so, buddy? Different. Different because Joe did not want to leave the 49ers. You know what? When they look back on this and he finishes his next fucking documentary in 10 years, he's going to write this sob story about how he would have loved to stay, but he yeah. felt like he got pushed out. So that's the same thing that happens. These are, ne- these are never 100% one way. No, you're right. Uh, so the beginning of that game, <laughs> just, oh, to, just to get back into the game, uh, I was blown away how many people, especially online, they're like, wow, Tom Brady. In the first quarter of this game, counting Tom Brady out. And granted, I'm not going to say it didn't look bad. But I'm sitting there like, you guys have watched Tom Brady over the I last know. 20 years, right? You're going to count him out in the first quarter of this game? And then he starts coming back. I was like, the Rams better put up 40 or this guy is going to come back. And if it, honestly, if they still had Godwin, if their team was a little bit healthier, I mean, their lines out of getting depleted, I got to be honest, I think it's a different game. You're totally yeah. right. I think yeah. that that sentiment, though, came from people like me who don't think Arians is a good coach. Oh, yeah, I hate him, too. It's like, it's like I don't, like, if you, when you're down that much, everything has to go correct. So good, yeah. Everything has to go perfectly. And it's like Tom is the perfect guy to be driving the bus. But if you don't have a competent coach, yeah, you might be in trouble. Like, I mean, 
it's like the Bulls had like the zero the zero coverage zero coverage yeah. blitz at the end. It's like you can't have any of these mistakes happen. You can't and, let it and, happen. And they did because they're an incompetent coaching staff. Can I just say one thing? Obviously, bias towards Brady, but the Rams <laughs> fucking gave that game away. What pro field goal kicker can make comes up short on a forty-seven yard field goal attempt? Uh, Acres fumbling the ball when they could just milk the clock. Great comeback by Tom, but the Rams were fucking oh, yeah. giving that they game away. You have go. to. I mean, anytime any there's a big blow. I mean, buddy. I, but what do I you never, think about the Falcons? Who won the game? Yeah, exactly. We, I don't know. I think a few. I think, uh, yeah, you're right. I, the Falcons did plenty to give that game away, too. Right. I guess you're it's right. It's the same fucking thing. Exactly. My perspective is different. You're right. It's the same exact thing. <laughs> Fuck me, I now guess. You, <laughs> and, you could, and you could say, like, look, the it, it's funny because the Rams looked so good for so long in that game. And I was like, wow, this team is... Like, really impressive. And then some of the issues they have started to kind of crop up. The mistakes they've made. They've been a turnover-prone team. Their field goal kicker is bad. Matt Gay is not a good kicker. He was actually previously the Bucs kicker. He was cut because he was terrible there. I feel like that guy's been on, like, every team right now, he is not a good kicker. So him coming up short on 47 yards to me is not mind-blowing. What was mind-blowing to me is that you can helmet-to-helmet a guy as he goes to catch the ball... And that is somehow not a continuation was, of the I, play. How have we never? How we've we been watching football? I've never I've, seen that in my life. Is that just been? Is that the, the one scenario that just never occurred before? Oh, I this, guess because it's fourth down. It's never happened. It was before. bizarre. It oh, was yeah. really weird. Because on third down, obviously it's a first down, right? Because it just yeah. tacks on anything. I guess we've never seen that on a fourth down. To me, that should probably be added on to the thing, but I don't know. Maybe not. It's that's tough hard to, to say. say. The NFL does this every year, though, right? When they, they do something where you're just yeah. sitting there and you're like, what the hell just happened? If, well, they're suddenly like looking at the rules so much closer than they would in a regular season game. Right. And they're like, well, technically. Yeah. yeah. It's like, well, wait, what is this like Article C of what rule? So true. If that was week five, John, like you just said, yeah. first down, they get the yeah, ball. Not even they get the ball yeah. the you, like, nobody says a peep about it, yeah. of course. That was a fucking brutal hit first down. Yeah, no question. Like, no one says shit. Yeah, nobody. Guy, the guy's about to make a he's like going for a catch he's not going to catch it and as he like reaches for it I guess it's like hitting the ground but the other guy drills him head on in the head they'd immediately give you a first down for that and they'd probably throw the other guy out of the game Eric Pearl <laughs> thanks, thanks for coming out of retirement to fucking spoil our comeback to lose the game for us but you know the reason they had to give a long explanation is fucking Ed Hockley's dipshit kid was the ref <laughs> yeah. and he loves to be on TV just like uh, what was the doofus's name we got banned Boger uh, Boger was Boger oh, yeah. two, two Boger. guys that just think that they're, everybody's there to see them so we yeah. need a 10 minute I mean Ed, Ed Hockley was the ultimate dude that oh, guy did bicep never. curls between plays for Christ's yeah. sake to make sure he was good for camera wouldn't want to be at that Thanksgiving dinner yeah. table let me tell you <laughs> no, uh, no no I'm going to cut the joke no 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 I got it I got it I got it I think there's a lot of hot air in this room yeah. <laughs> can you imagine that can you imagine being a fly on the wall at that spot the Hockley uh, household all right, we got to move on to what's going to happen this weekend. I know we went a little long, but there was a lot to discuss. What an incredible weekend of football Seriously. that was. Uh, we can only hope that the two games remaining uh, are, you know, <laughs> three quarters as good as those games were because that was a phenomenal watching uh, weekend of football. We have our conference championship set for this Sunday coming up. We get Rams at, uh, Rams at home versus the Niners, and Bengals go to Arrowhead to play the Chiefs. Who do you like in these two games and why? And then afterwards, I'm going to ask you who to tell me who you're rooting for. Timbo, uh, you want to go first since you're the uh, special guest? Uh, so I got to be honest. I normally would hate every single team that's that's currently on there. Mm, uh, you my but I, I, I just, I really do. I like the Bengals because it's such an outlier. You know what I mean? I, I want to see, I want to see Joe Burrow win. 
I just don't really care enough about the Rams. They do have a, a great team, but I just don't care enough. Uh, the Chiefs, I mean, we've seen it. I'm good. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? I don't know. I just don't. I don't really. I'm not jumping at any of these teams, so I guess I'll go them. Maybe the Niners because it's a cool story, but I mean, I don't want to. If Jimmy Garoppolo wins the Super Bowl, we will not hear the end of it, and I just don't want to have to deal with that. So pick one of those two games. Pick one, pick either the AFC Conference or the NFC Conference Championship, Tim, and tell me why you, who's going to win and why, though. Uh, I would say... So the Niners have beat the Rams twice so far, uh, both times this year, I believe. So I think I'm just going to have to go with the Rams just because you don't want to play a team three times, and now it's the third time, and I, I think the Rams are probably going to end up getting the better of them. Shanahan six and zero uh, in his last six games against McVeigh. I saw that. Wow. Beat him through the last, through the last three years. McVeigh's, two times each. McVeigh's six straight. Six straight. And then uh, who's I, it ever happen against? I think that, I mean you just got to go with the Chiefs, but I just want the Bengals to win. I'm I'm rooting for the Bengals with my heart, but I mean the brain is just obviously saying the Chiefs. They just when that offense starts getting going, man. Yeah. It's like you like we were saying earlier when that that NFL. It's going to be an NFL clip that we see forever now. And, I mean, it really is that team. If they need 30 points in a rush, yeah. they can do it. It's, yeah, it's like that sleepwalking sometimes. Right. Yeah. Like, oh, shit, we got to play. Like, oh, wait, we're playing in a game right now? As yeah. prolific as uh, a lot of the Pats' offenses were in the past, Colts, uh, Broncos, with uh, Manning that one season when he broke the touchdown record, you're right, right Tim. I've never seen a, a team that moves so quickly, so effortlessly, down the field like the Chiefs team this past couple of years. It's really remarkable. It's pretty neat to watch. What do you think, Mark? Do you have any... I uh, think, uh, yeah, I, I agree with Tim. I think Chiefs definitely win. I just... I, between Burrow's inept offensive line and the Chiefs being able to move the ball at will, I, I, I just can't see the Chiefs losing an arrow. It's just so fucking tough to win there either as an away team. And then, yeah, I'm going to go... I think by law of average, I think the Rams are a better team than the Niners and the fact that the... the as we as we discussed before, it's tough to beat a, a really good team three times in a row in a, one season. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's going to be uh, uh, Rams. So you guys the, are in a, you guys are in agreement yeah. there. What about you, Patty? I think this. I mean, I don't think that it's impossible for the Bengals to beat the Chiefs. I, I think. I mean, they beat them obviously already. Yeah. Now, That's a good point. Was, I forgot about that. I did forget um, about that. I was looking at some different numbers. The Chiefs played all zone pretty much that game because that's. What they're, what Burrow's worse against? But he killed them in zone. He was against zone in that game. Burrow was twenty for twenty-five with two hundred ninety-three yards and three TDs. Mainly because the Chiefs aren't great in like the too high zone. Like that's not something they're great at. So the, they've got a chance there. The, the 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 line is obviously not good for <laughs> the Bengals. I think it goes without saying, but. You're not going to really be able to blitz because Burrow's great against the blitz. He's one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL against the blitz. So you're saying we have to get pressure with the front four and we have to do it quickly. And also we have to play this type of defense that he shredded last time against us. Because I don't think you want to play man-to-man against Chase, Boyd, and Higgins. So I don't, I don't view this as like an impossible situation. We just saw the the Chiefs defense get absolutely shredded. Yeah. And we saw them get killed by the Bengals last time they played. So this is not a Chiefs defense that to me inspires... Like, this will be a, a game where, you know, it's going to be 42-16. to 16. It's going to be a game where both teams score. Now, I guess on the other side of the ball, what can the Bengals do? They need to hope, beyond hope, that, like, Trey Hendrickson can create pressure on his own, essentially. Yeah. Because 
the the Chiefs do have a good line, and they can block well. And the last thing in the world you want to do is blitz Patrick Mahomes. You've seen how that works out before. Yeah, it usually goes pretty poorly. Yeah, it goes about as badly as you can imagine. So I don't know. I mean, it's gonna be this. This to me is gonna be a much much more fun game to watch than Niners Rams because I'm thinking this is gonna be the kind of high scoring, action packed game we're looking for. Versus I view Niners Rams as more. You know, it's a it's a it's a test of wills. The Niners and Rams have played twice this season. Niners won the first game, thirty-one ten. They controlled the ball for pretty much forty minutes of the game. Yeah, they I think they had thirty-nine minutes of possession. They ran both game and they ran in that game for one hundred sixty yards or one hundred fifty some odd yards. So we're looking at a game there where if the if the Niners have their way, it's going to be what, 15-yard, 15-play drives, you know, 12-play drives where they're just eating the clock, moving, moving, moving. So I'm looking forward to the the Bengals-Chiefs a lot. And I think think it has the potential to be a really good game. The spread's what, John? Seven and a half, was it? Uh, I haven't looked since yesterday. It was seven yesterday, I think, but it could have moved all the way to seven and a half. I don't know when I looked at it was seven and a half, but it might be seven. On Um, the score, yeah, it says seven. Um... Which is that's a lot of points. It's a lot of points, man. A full touchdown. I could I could never to talk about the betting on that for a second. I don't. I love betting the Chiefs, um, because they get it done when it counts. I have a hard time betting that in the playoffs against an offense that can move the ball. I mean, again, they just saw each other a couple weeks ago, week seventeen that they played. So, I don't know. Seven is a bit. That's a big number. That tells me that you that Vegas thinks that this is not a game. Does to me. Um, Did you you think that it's, you got to at least buy that half point because I mean I think that that seven <laughs> I think that that seven is very dangerous. I would take the Chiefs at the half. Uh, the first the first half Chiefs line minus four and a half though. That's what I would. That's consider. fair. Um, what well, and and you know for so I, I think that if you want to talk about that Rams Niners game, I agree with what everybody's saying about the fact that the Rams are due and they have a good team. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> You know, I mean, I, I look at some of the statistics that to bear out these things. It's like they're just—it's a matchup nightmare for the, the Rams. generals. A do. The generals a do, Tim. But I, and I, I like the Rams. I've been sort of a Rams sympathist here because I like uh, McVay a lot, and I think he's a great coach. I guess if you're watching that, you're sort of wondering, like you said, it's a test of wills. Like who can sort of out strategize the other? They. I well, I forget the exact statistic on it, but Stafford is one of the best deep ball throwers in the game against everyone but San Francisco, mm-hmm. who played that like too high zone against them, and just keeps trashing uh, Stafford. I don't know if that's a fixable problem. They've already had two chances to resolve it, and they didn't do anything. Yeah. So I'm a little concerned as somebody who would not hate to see the Rams advance. I'm rooting pretty hard for the Niners, but I mean, I think it's interesting because you look at that game, the, the the one they won week was at, I guess it's 18 now, that the that, that the Niners won. Yeah. By all means, the Rams should have won that game. I have no idea how they lost. They're up 17-0 with very little time to go in the half, give up that field goal, then the Ram, the Niners come back and score right at the start of the half, and um, Garoppolo played Pretty well, but he threw a lot of balls that could have been picked off. Oh my god! Like were three of them. You talking about the Green Bay game? No. Nope. Okay. Nope. I was gonna look. So I was gonna say the Green Bay we're game, on. the game that just happened. He had a he had I think two or three plays that were telegraphed to be pick sixes. Well, I think unfortunately he throws a lot of those. As talking about the Rams game. Yeah, and and just in general with Jimmy, he struggles greatly against zone defense. The Rams play zone defense seventy seven percent of the time. He's thrown fourteen picks this year, twelve of them against zone including the two he threw against the Rams. So that's not really a problem that gets fixed overnight. The issue for the Rams is they haven't really stopped the running game that much of um, 
the the Niners no. in in six games. You know they've they've run all over them in the last few years. Now, obviously, I'm not saying that they don't have the same personnel all six years, but something about the scheme against the Rams' scheme on defense has had success. Yeah, um, I'm leaning towards thinking the Niners win this game. I, I I think they can block it up against the Rams. I think they they've they've got some playmakers that can make a difference and. I didn't like the way the Rams sort of let things slip last week. What do you expect the crowd to look like, Rams versus Niners fans? I was just thinking that, John. That's good. I, didn't, I didn't even 50, think. 50, I, 50, I, didn't, yeah, I complete opposite that. from the Chiefs game where you're talking about yeah. the most ultimate home field advantage where the Rams have z- essentially almost 0% home field advantage. I think it'll be like 60-40 ers there'll, yeah. there'll be Rams fans there, but it won't be, it won't be like... 100% Rams. It won't be like a Chargers game where it's, there's no fans. Playoff game, so I think there'll be fans there, but it will be more fun. I don't Niners think the Niners fans. are shaking their space boots going into SoFi Stadium. No, certainly not. Who And uh, if you if you had that, so you told me who you think is going to win. Who do you want to see win both games, Pat? Uh, Bengals and Niners. Bengals and Niners. Yeah. Great. Yep. That, uh, that, that'd be a, uh, like an 80s throwback Super Bowl. I think it's, it's, it's the 81. Uh, yeah. yeah, first John Madden Super Bowl, possibly, that he did. Oh, uh, oh yeah. How about R- that? R.I.P. and peace. I think that's right. I could be wrong. Something's close to that. I think, yeah, it doesn't matter. Well, we should probably move on. I think that yeah. that's, I, I, it should be a fun, I, I'm, I'm interested to see um, both games. I'm, I'm going to just, I'm going to throw it out there that I'm rooting for the, the Rams and the Chiefs because I want to see a Rams-Chiefs Super Bowl. The bad guy. <laughs> that would be cool. I think that's back. Those are those are two really entertaining offenses. That's all. The Chiefs winning is worst case scenario. I think I got to be honest. Oh, winning the whole thing. Yeah, oh, because yeah. of everything. Well, Pat Mahomes. <sighs> the Pat Mahomes stuff versus Brady. The Andy Reid versus Belichick. Yeah. I, I did the last. I'm, I'm really really hoping. Pat Mahomes' brother and Pat Mahomes' fiance. Yeah. Yeah. The whole world will be rooting for the Rams. Oh yeah, great. We'll, all be, we'll all be celebrating room for the Rams. A lot of people hate the Rams too, though. I don't know. I mean, I'll certainly be rooting for the Rams, no doubt about it. But there's a lot of people that don't like the Rams. I'll so. just be rooting against Jackson Mahomes because <sighs> I, I, if he's another guy. If I never see him again, that would just too, Jackson, soon. too soon. Yeah, Jackson Mahomes doesn't even bother me as well. Pretty we don't have time to get into to this. his fucking wife. I know. Mahomes wife. I know. Well, equally annoying. You don't like women. We'll get to that <laughs> in the later <laughs> cast. Um, no, it'll be on episode right. fifty. Question three. We're going to switch gears here and talk about um, the Baseball Hall of Fame inductions this week, or induction. The the Red Sox legend David Ortiz was named a first ballot MLB Hall of Famer. Poppy, don't stink. Poppy, don't stink. Um, <laughs> Hall of Fame shirt, too, when he got that call. Amazing, Hall of Fame shirt. Amazing. So, David Ortiz... First ballot Hall of Famer selected of only uh, one of 58 people to ever make it on the first ballot. The real news of the week comes in some of the folks that were not inducted and left off the list on their last year of eligibility. Um, but let's talk about Big Poppy first. Um, what do you think his legacy here is in Boston? And, uh, you know, what do you think it says about who he is as a person that he got in on the first ballot? Yeah, I, uh, John, I agree. With, in the sense, I think that the media really likes Poppy. I think it's, that's what went a long way, especially compared to people like Bonds and Clemens that are uh, kind of tough to deal with. Yeah, so I guess I should just say, you know, instead of alluding to it, Bonds and Clemens are the two guys that were in their tenth year, tenth and final year of eligibility. They did not get elected. Schilling and Sosa too. Schilling, right? Schilling as well. So Sosa may or may not have got yeah. in either way, but Schilling was yeah. definitely. 
uh, on the bubble two mm-hmm. years ago. Um, this year, he lost a lot of votes because of his antics. So yeah. Um, Shilling, yeah, he was probably the only one out of the people that was snubbed that I was like, all right, good. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's weird, right? Because it's like I feel so happy for David Ortiz. Like, what a great player he was here. What fond memories we'll have him as like such an iconic Boston athlete. Like, I think of him. So many great moments, like heroic moments. Baseball is so far on the list of my favorite sports, and I think of these memories as so high up there because he obviously is heroics in two thousand four. Obviously, the Grand Slam against the Tigers. Obviously, that this is our fucking city speech. Like so many things that he did that I'll never forget, and I'm so happy for him. And I don't all these people who. Well, the thing, the only thing that really bothered me is people trying to like drag down David Ortiz, be like he's in and Barry Bonds isn't. It's not the understand that he did not take away from Barry Bonds. There's nobody that voted right. for David Ortiz and was like, I because I'm voting for Ortiz, I can't vote for Bonds. It's not what happened here. Right. Right. So denigrating Ortiz to Barry Bonds should be in, Roger Clemens should be in, Kurt Schilling should be in. That doesn't have anything to do with Ortiz. So Ortiz, it just, I mean, he'll be one of the great Boston athletes of our lifetime. I don't think he's like. The great, I don't think he's like a better baseball player than Ted Williams or maybe even Manny Ramirez. He's the most impactful one we've ever watched, for sure, me. And I think Poppy has done a great job of ingratiating himself in the city of Boston. Sure. You know, yeah, he's yeah. a Boston staple. I mean, no doubt he loves it here, and the city loves him. Right. I mean, someone like... I mean, did Ted Williams... I don't really don't remember much about Ted Williams. I don't Ted think Williams. we can compare to Ted Williams whether he ingratiated himself in the yeah. city because that was a thousand years ago. But I think it's a big coup. Unless you have anything specifically no. to... I know, he was a marine, I know he was a Marine pilot. Yeah, so fucking okay. chuck it out there on us. Like but I think that... Well, no, I, but I think that, you know, I think... Uh, did Babe Ruth do anything good here? Mark asked quizzically. <laughs> um, he was a real big fan of no-no to that. <laughs> yeah, so... You're right. I mean, part of it is his persona here, right? And it's, I mean, I can't think, I'm a massive baseball fan. I can't think of anybody, Red Sox or not, who is a more recognizable figure that's come after him. It's weird now that I really do. well-liked guy? Yeah, I think of the Red Sox, it really is funny that I just see Ortiz's face immediately. Like, when when I, it's, granted he had so many great memories for us, but he really now is, for me, they're just one and the same. And I mean, in 2013, I mean, I still can't believe that. He had two hits against the... Uh, Tigers that year. I know. One of them was the most memorable hit that I can think of. Yeah. I remember sitting there thinking in my head, I'm like, do you walk the guy right now? Like, yeah. you're in a position, like, do you walk him? And my dad, I was watching the game with my father, he does, you certainly don't throw a strike to him. Next pitch, gone, right over yeah. the right field wall. And that was just, it was such a good memory to have. I'm so glad that he's in. And you're right, it doesn't take away, like, he didn't take away from Bonds. But Bonds had two Hall of Fame careers within his career, and yeah. then we have people that are mad about steroids that get mad about Ortiz about steroids when he never he the thing got expunged from what was it two thousand three or yeah, something. Yeah, like he, he never tested positive. Yeah, I mean he tested maybe for something, but like Manfred cast cast doubt on, doubt on that, like what it was. And so I don't know. I, I don't want to hear that David Ortiz is somehow connected to steroids. It's so annoying. Yeah. I, I think that this is the this is the disconnect, and I think people get the argument wrong because I think that. Um, I always just look at it like if you're Barry Bonds, you're not, it's the elephant in the room all the time when a guy like David Ortiz, who is a peer of yours, that you know you're the better ball player, oh, yeah. Yeah. gets in and it's like, this guy got in too? Yeah. And I'm off the ballot now? Like you would be, or like I feel like it's awkward. It's like David Ortiz gets in, he's friends with a lot of these guys. Yeah. It's like if you and all your buddies do something wrong and one of them gets detention and nobody else does, you know? Like, <laughs> That's true. It's like, oh, sorry, man. Like... <laughs> uh, I, we're gonna go fucking we're going out but you know good luck clapping those races yeah sorry buddy like I don't know it's just like cause like they're, they're all 
not only are they all ball players, like a lot of these guys, again, they're friends. So it's on. It's awkward, but it doesn't. It shouldn't take away from Ortiz's accomplishments. It, no. Yeah, it shouldn't. And I just, I will never understand guys like Dan Shaughnessy who just bang that drum against these steroid guys too. I think everybody, especially fans, understand everybody was doing juice at that point. You know what I mean? Even now yeah. in the NFL. I think you're allowed like four times the testosterone than a normal person. Like, <laughs> how do you think that happens? Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. So I just, I will never understand these, th- we ask these guys to do crazy things to their bodies. And then when they're trying to make their bodies better, we're like, whoa, whoa, not like that, buddy. Like, yeah. It, just, it never makes sense to me. I, I, I wonder, like one of the things that I wanted to, like that pisses me off about the, 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 the voting is sort of, it's actually ab- absolutely unacceptable that Clemens bonds don't get in. Because they are two of the best players to ever play the game. It's equally almost as unacceptable to me that there were five or six guys that voted for Justin Morneau. And like, <laughs> like well, who, are, who are these writers? Like, who are the guys that pass in empty ballots? Like, can you... There has to be a way to get those guys out of the pool and get other people in that are going to like take, take it a little bit seriously. Baseball writers are just so pretentious at times. When they give, like you said, they put it in an empty ballot because they're like, I don't like, you know, I don't think any of these guys deserve it. It's like, get the hell. Like, it's not, yeah. it's like the umpires. It's like, it's not about you. Yeah. We're here, we paid money to watch the players play. I don't care about this writer's take on this. It's just tough because, like, there's no perfect way to do voting for this stuff. So, like, you're stuck with the writers doing it, which is whatever, that's fine. Um, certainly you'd like to think that there's a way to dump somebody like Dan Shaughnessy, who is yeah. clearly using his... He voted for fucking Jeff Kent, one, who has no business being in the Hall of Fame, <laughs> let alone zero business being in the Hall of Fame. Did, and also, no proof he didn't do steroids at all. I would not be chucked at all Jeff Kent did steroids. Why is, I why was there so many uh, just Jeff, Jeff Kent-only ballots? Did you see these? <laughs> there were a bunch of people that were just like, oh, it's Kent's year to get in. Like He only got 139 votes. Because I'm sure they were by... Like, or 129, by absolute dopes. That's a ridiculous yeah, amount what's of his votes. hands across America for Jeff Kent? Is it just to piss off Bonds because Bonds played with him and hated him? Like, yeah. what the, <laughs> why would you... It's gotta be, right? Yeah, that's not a why bad would, theory. Why, why would you vote for Jeff Kent? Say you were like, I'm not... Scott Rowland never tested positive for steroids, did he? A significantly uh, better player who played almost the same position. He played in the infield. And he was a much, much, much better Rollins player. Rollins might get in eventually. He, he, is, he, was, he, he had 63%. But why would you vote for Jeff Kent and not... Like, I don't understand... Scott Rowland wasn't a much, much better player than Jeff Kent. I, yeah, he definitely was a significantly better player than him. And unless you have any stats to back that up, we're oh, not doing you. this. Well, fuck you. There's like stats, dude. I watched him fucking play. I watched him both play, dude. To say he's significantly better, it's not the point. It doesn't matter. It is, why, it is the point. Why? Because now think, we're looking it up think, on the air. Because you you want to unless you know that Jeff Kent had better stats than Scott. He had a lot of like epic seasons, like very good. His, his, his most home runs. He had thirty three home runs in the season. After that, it was twenty seven. These are on Barry Bonds Giants teams. Okay. He was the guy he batted right after Barry Bonds, so he got a lot of fucking easy pitches because the bases were loaded. Yeah, man, I still I watched Barry Bonds I think once in my life, and it was in Arizona. That fucking guy. I still don't understand how a man like that can hit a ball that far. The guy had how many steals before he all of a sudden was like, I'm going to hit nothing but home runs here. Oh, I know. I mean, he's. I mean, that's how he amassed the greatest statistical career of all time. Yeah. Yep. Legit two Hall of Fame careers front and back, and we're going to get a little mad about some some juice. Come on. Yeah, what's, he was already a Hall of Fame player. juice between friends. He Come was on. already a Hall of Fame player. He was Ken Griffey Jr. before he was Barry Bonds. You know, he was yeah. a uh, incredibly talented defensive center fielder who could... And then, you know, he moved around to different corner outfield positions and started yeah. hitting a little bit harder, and then he started getting... Then his head got a little yeah. bit bigger. For whatever. Figuratively and literally. 
And as far as Ortiz, just while well, you guys scour the internet for the Rollins versus Kent debate, uh, as far as Ortiz will be remembered in Boston, uh, Mount Rushmore, right? Oh, oh easily. Uh, yeah. I honestly, the old guys will always argue against this, but I think he's over Ted Williams on that. Just, I mean, a little bit more of a regency bias, but I mean, come on. What Three a, World Series championships, too, like almost by himself. Yeah, I mean, so that in 13, he had out of 16 at bats, he was walked 14 times during the World Series in those six games. He had uh, seven runs, 11 hits, two doubles, two homers, and 14 RBI. Didn't he bat like, yeah, he bat like 800 then, or something? Yeah, and it was something. It just does. I, if a guy like that is on your team, you're going to win a lot of games. And I mean, he was just nails throughout that playoff. It was incredible. Ken was a better player than I thought. Now, Roland was definitely better than him. His career war was 70 versus Jeff Kent's 55. So he's 68th and, you know, Kent's not close. But he was better than I thought. He did win the MVP once. But Roland has, you know, he was a much, much, much better defensive player. Yeah. Um, Overall, he just had more war than him. It just seems like he's got better overall stats. Now, Kent did have a – he had the MVP year, which you got to give him that. The old-timers like voted for him because he played second base. And yeah. it's like no good second baseman ever. Rowan won like yeah. seven gold gloves. It was like a big deal when Craig Biggio made the Hall of Fame. Yeah. He like barely got in. Uh, which was like, but everybody was like, good for Craig. I think, uh, I, this is, this is of, too much of time. This is a hell of a lot of time. I think Jeff Kidd had a better career than Craig Biggio. I'll leave it at that. Craig Biggio hit for three, didn't he? Three thousand hits. I'm, joking, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Save it for the, the save it for the simulcast. After yeah. the, show, the, the extra hour of, of time. Um, any other thoughts on Ortiz? Mm, no, I think that's all we got. All right. Well, I'm happy for the guy. Absolutely. Me too. Bummed for Bonds and Clemens, even though he left here as a villain. Um, we'll be right back after this break with this week's toss up. Thanks for listening to the podcast, everyone. If you have any thoughts, questions, or concerns, send them to us on Gmail at saveitforthepodcast365 at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. It's time for another week of toss up. Last week, we debated the best exotic pet to own, a Marcacuzo specialty, of which he may or may not have been prepared for. Got a lot of feedback on some of your answers there, Mark. Wound up with a tarantula. Are you feeling strong about that a week later? Then I go with the fennec fox. No, you chose tarantula in the end. It was tarantula, and it was like you bounced about... around between them. But once John told you a fennec fox stayed up late at night, you it was like had... a panic answer too. Yeah, tarantula. At least I know I can I can have my I can play with my tarantula right now. You will absolutely room. do not take <laughs> yeah. that out. Whereas, yeah. Whereas John would have a fucking he's gonna have a pet that could beat the bag out of him. And I'm the asshole. Well, I mean, certainly, I'm not saying his... Look, do you want a tarantula? I mean, it's that's disgusting. Mine's funny. I know. You, you just doesn't seem realistic. And that's I fair. mean, you got to put Cactus Jack is, in this little pouch with all the amniotic fluid and all that. <laughs> that is I'm fair. In. That is fair. This week, we got something, we're doing something totally different. Um, one of our most debated toss-ups we did was early in the Saber for the podcast. If you have not listened, go back and check it out. Um, I'll actually look up what episode it is. It was uh, the best fast food restaurant. We did best and worst fast food restaurants. A lot of people were upset about us. We talked some negative stuff about um, Taco Bell. Mark chose Boston. Was it Boston Market you chose? Oh, God. 
<laughs> so, it, it, we had some strange answers that people were not thrilled about. I actually don't think strange. But it was we, excellent, that, but we got a lot of feedback. Oh, we awesome. got a lot. People were very upset about the Taco Bell thing. I was pretty harsh to Taco Bell, but I think all three of us agreed we weren't big fans of it. You guys are all wrong, Taco Bell. Ah, there we go. So we got so. a dissenter. Tim, would you, yours have, it would have been Taco Bell? Uh, I wouldn't have picked Taco Bell for my favorite fast food. I don't really, off the top of my head. Yeah, it's certainly up there. The fact that people think Taco Bell is trash just... It is trash. It shows their ass that they're trash. That's a different debate for another time. This week we're doing something kind of similar. We're talking about the best chain restaurant in the non-fast food division. So those places where you're stuck in the airport and, oh, they've always got one of these there. Or you're in somewhere for business and you don't trust the places nearby... Old Reliable is this place. Or, you know, you're in Greece like John Doyle and you say, there's the Hot Rock Cafe. I need a little <laughs> slice of Americana. Oh I'm God. heading on in. I need a t-shirt and I need to get out of here. It's surprising I, I, thing to happen that whole trip. No, fuck that. <laughs> we went in there because you needed to charge your phone. And you no, I went, didn't charge yeah. my phone. You needed to charge your phone. That's no. why I went in there. You were the one that pushed to go in there. I didn't. I, don't, I haven't charged Oh my God, this is the most packed music thing. <laughs> I was about you, as I'm watching this happen, no, I'm believing on, Doyle on 100%. My mom's, on my mom's like, I don't need to charge my phone. I have a charging case I take everywhere I go. Who do you think was like, oh, of all the places we could go while we're in Athens, I'd like to find a place that reminds me of... A hundred percent. We can ask Amy, my wife, who would never back me up on this, and she was, she says to this day, a hundred percent was you. You bought the glass! Your phone was dying or whatever. You, it needed, was a, no, you needed Wi-Fi. That's why we went in there. You needed Wi-Fi. I don't think I that, needed Wi-Fi. Yeah, no. I, wasn't I, had a, I had a roaming plan where I was allowed to... I could use my phone anywhere while we were there. So I could literally call and I could do all kinds of things. I, I paid for a rowing plan too. I don't know. You said you needed a Wi-Fi. That's the only reason we went in there. I did not have. I did not need a charge. They don't have charges there. I'm just glad I wasn't a part of the situation because I could have easily been. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised you weren't there. I don't know. Oh no, we were in Athens. We'd already yeah, met I, you. I didn't make it to that. You probably had to take a dump or something in an American no, toilet. Yeah, definitely not. Pat, yeah, Pat only takes dumps in uh, American. Yeah, it had nothing to do with me. But I'm. Ha- we'll ask Amy. We'll even bring her yeah. on the next podcast to ask her this. Good. Um, but so we're doing the the best chain restaurant did not can't be a fast food place do you guys want to include i feel like we should probably leave out like the most upscale places on those lists yeah capital like, grill like is kind of yeah. cheesecake count. factory no that can be on there i don't view that in the same way like a capital grill i would take out you yeah know? like no kidding capital grill is probably gonna like be some of these yeah, places yeah. Yeah. so that to me doesn't really count because even if it is a chain like a morton steakhouse i would not view on this list we're looking at your basics like i don't think anyone's gonna pick this all like a benihana's level damn it place. <laughs> but if you still want to go benihana's i don't now i only have two on my list I've actually yeah. Benihana's. This is crossing off. Yeah. Has anybody been to Benihana's here? No, never. Oh, not once. Uh, no, actually, so I've gotten Benihana, but we got it. I was down in Florida with my girlfriend, and uh, we needed to get some kind of food, and they actually had, like, the only place that was takeout. I was like, uh, okay, fantastic. Huh. I don't mind it. What okay. did you get? Well, let's get back into the debate. Yeah. We'll talk about this after the cast. That's for the after show. Who wants to start us off? Who's got the best chain restaurant? Oh, I think I got it. It's hands down. I really for the bread I, alone, and that would be Texas Roadhouse. Oh, Texas oh, wow. Roadhouse. I didn't see I that. Mean, I mean, I am full, I mean, you get a good, you get a nice John steak. Been there. The amount of of rolls that you end up eating. I mean, like I swear to God, I'm half roll leaving the place. And we used to have friends that would be nice little bartenders there, so. You're getting pretty cheap beer. You're getting some steak. I mean, really, what's wrong? Maybe steak. a free birthday dance. Maybe a free birthday <laughs> dance if your friends are uh, are game to put you on the saddle. Yeah. And Tim. you know what I mean? As long as you don't have anaphylactic shock from peanuts, I mean. Yeah. Well, yeah, that does come Tim, Tim I, will, I will say uh, our host, our esteemed colleague, Pat Cusick, once described Texas Roadhouse 
as hell on earth. <laughs> <laughs> and because of the way they just throw the stuff on the ground, it just uh, the atmosphere. I so find we were abhorrent. We were at Fenway Park and I was eating peanuts and throwing them on the ground. And sh- sure enough, I have a huge pile. He's sitting right next to me, and he's like, "What is this Texas Roadhouse? This is hell on earth." Because it was just like to me, it's like I get it. It's the atmosphere. I don't want to be in any restaurant where people throw their garbage on the floor. I'm sorry, I just cannot stomach it. I know I'm not. Maybe that's just a me thing, but I just can't. I'm sitting there, and some fat slob is a peanut 500, and he's just <laughs> spitting them out like he's a fucking camel. That is well, gross. Well, what else? Are you, gross about that. What else are you gonna do while you're waiting for the rolls? You just start munching out some peanuts and then have a beer, please, <laughs> please. Yeah. Sit in silence. Look at your phone. Well, when you step, when you're at a place like that. It's a very slippery slope to what else can I throw on the floor? Exactly. Oh, yeah, absolutely. What can I get away with in here? There's shit on the floor. Well, you yeah. can just piss your pants. Yeah, yeah, say, you go to the bathroom. Don't mind. Just stand up and piss yeah, right it's there. It's a free-for-all there. <laughs> uh, who wants to go next? Out of respect to John, I'm not going to take his because I know exactly what he's going to do. We go all with. know it. John, gonna... you go ahead. Just get yeah, it out of right. the way. John, go. I'm going to go with the 99. Yeah. <laughs> 99. <laughs> it's what you're looking for. John will always come back for more. He will. Great and food, has. great drink. Great food, great drink. There are 98 other reasons. I don't know them off the top of my head. <laughs> uh, I've. It's a. It's a. It's a. Apparent. I didn't realize this until later in life. It's. It's mostly a regional thing. Most of them are in New England. There are a few scattered around, but it's a real mass hole chain. Um, but I think that the food there, as far as chain restaurant food goes, is solid enough. They have the the. The tall drafts of beer, great appetizers, the popcorn that comes at the table, get a little bit of local color from the staff. In uh, the, cor- <laughs> the corner seats at the bar where you're like, yep, I think I've seen this man in every single 99. <laughs> yeah, I think he works there. There's, there's steak tips with the chicken fingers with the french fries combo. 10.99 cannot be beat. Yes. It cannot be touched. You will, you will not regret ever making that order. When, like the- when, we, were, when we were young, when we were younger... Um, actually, a, it was a a family friend. The the Does were family friends, so I used to be able to go to the one in Cambridge and occasionally get an entire meal for free. Regardless how many people were there, you, when you're yeah. like 16 years old and Barry was working, we could go to the one in the Fresh Pond uh, by the Ground Round over there. And occasionally, if he was there, he would walk over to the table and just rip up the whole bill. That always makes you feel important when you have fucking two nickels to rub together. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, you don't, don't have worry, gas. I, you don't I have got a place. I got yeah. a place. I don't have gas money to get home, but these steak tips might be on me. <laughs> and I feel like those the, the, the draft beers hit different at the 99 than they do other locations. Well, because they like Bud Select, so yeah. Whatever, the, they yes. just taste better. It's the perfect place no, they to taste go. Worse. It's the I don't mind drinking a thousand of them, but they, they taste worse. I, I, this is a, this is probably bad on me, but I have a thousand funny memories in 99s because it's just like yeah. when you, especially if you, there's one every you know, 10 miles around here. And when you first get your license and you're with the boys, you don't know where else to go. It's like, yeah. nobody wants to suggest a restaurant that no one's ever been to. No one's going to yep. be like, oh, this is a new place that opened yeah. up on Main Street. And it's like, want to go to the Nines? Yeah. You know, it's not skins. even a It's like, we're going to the fucking Nines. Yes, yeah. exactly. You you a choice. There's TV, there's no, beer, there's going to be cheap food. And if you're broke ass and you can only pay for a couple of beers, guess what, buddy? There's popcorn on the table. Let's get yeah. after right. it. The, the yeah. only discussion is which location are you going to? Well, we know that the the one in four corners in Woburn is a is is that was the one a little I too to. busy. For Mark Mother's Mark, Day. Mark and I went, we were going one time. and He's like, "Chief, you sure we're going to be able to get in there?" I'm like, "Yeah, why?" He's like, "It's Mother's Day." 
Whatever it was, it was Father's Day or Mother's Day. I'm like, yeah, dude, it's Father's the Father's Day, maybe. Mother's Day. <laughs> Father's Day's a lot of dads. I actually think it was. I think it was. I actually think it was Father's Day. Father's Day's a lot of dads. You know, I think it was Father's Day. You get in there, you can hear a fucking pin drop. Yeah, neither of us <laughs> celebrating Father's Day. You know, we're like 18, like, fuck this, or 21, we're going to get a beer. It's like, yeah, there's nobody in there. But uh, I was thinking it'd be a lot of single dads whose family's not interested in celebrating Father's Day or yeah. at the nines, popping them down. And, and dejected kids sitting alone having a beer. <laughs> Uh, the one over here at, uh, near Assembly is classic because the like the waitresses I believe came with the building. Oh, <laughs> they can't. They, can't, they I don't think they can so tear mean. the building down yeah. because no, of the though. ladies that's that's, that still work there. That's part of the charm of the ninety-nine. The, the only quick story I will tell because we you brought up Greece already is on our way there. We stopped there before the airport, Pat, and, and we, we did. And that woman that works there that hates my guts threatened to punch me <laughs> right in the mouth. She did. Because I he ordered a tall beer. I was like, I'm just gonna have a regular sized beer and she was like, gutless. <laughs> and just like was like I if I if I had if I had my boy, I said just you would. You the real yeah. question is why'd you go with you've never chosen the smaller beer in your life? Because I wasn't sure how long we were gonna be there and they only <laughs> give you two larges. But you can sort of game. I forgot the about that it. rule. Yeah, it is a weird like, rule. That's like, the only well, knock on it. They give you two lodges. Yeah, who has the? Yeah, why are you cutting people off of the ninety-nine? So yeah, so yeah, well, I, I have nowhere else to go. And exactly. I could have thirty small ones, but the two large ones, you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. easy that booze bag. <laughs> <laughs> Look, a man who orders a third large beer at the ninety-nine, and I've been there. Needs it. <laughs> yeah. He needs it. Yeah. Look, yeah. Make no mistake. He that needs a third beer more than he needs. Yeah, more one. than he needed you telling him, no, you can yeah. split it into two, sir. When yeah. you're sitting at the at a quiet ass ninety nine bar, getting your third tall beer, yeah. wedged between two fatso's and reflective jackets, <laughs> yeah. you just got off work. Yeah, it's like yeah, the guy needs it. Just fucking just give it, it to him. That yeah. dude's either gonna DUI out of the ninety nine parking or some other parking yeah. lot. Yeah. 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 Doesn't matter where it is. What about who wants to go next? Mac, fire us off. What do you got? I'll go with friendlies. So when I... Huh. But when so choosing... good they closed it down. <laughs> Is it closed completely? No, I think there's, there's one a couple left. I got yeah. a little nervous there because that was, that was initially... That was on my... My original choice was 99, obviously, but out of respect to John because he's been singing the praises of the 99 since I met him in seventh grade. <laughs> yeah. Uh, friendlies, when it comes to these chain restaurants... My criteria is, can you pick something besides a fucking burger and french fries that's acceptable? And the few times, the plenty of times that I've been to Friendly's, you get a nice turkey club, not awful, you get the fries, and then you get a nice fucking ice cream shake that comes with a can, it's so goddamn big. Quality experience, generally, it's on par with any other chain restaurants in terms of ambiance and decor. But you can get something besides a burger and not absolutely hate your life. So that was my criteria for not, that. Not a bad pick, but I have some critiques of Friendly's because it depends on your age when you go in there. No beer is tough. I, I mean, I, I True. Do huge, like, huge, obviously. So I do like Friendly's. I always, like, when I was a kid and got a meal there, I just thought it was good, like, for yeah. a kid. But the issue, to me, the re- I, this came down to, like, where's the place you can get something that's edible and golf down a few beers? As you guys know, I travel a lot for work, and that's kind of what it comes down. What were you going to say about Friendly's? Oh, no, just that sometimes you would go in there, you um, even... In high school, or you're getting a little like going for a quick bite somewhere, and like the amount of like sad families in there was sort of a bite. <laughs> there was a lot of dads bringing yeah, their kids. Like, you know what I mean? Uh, like divorced dads bringing their kids. It's like so hey, you really, you really liking that frat, huh, kid? Yeah, not a lot of happy people in front of me. You, you tell me, everyone at the 99er. <laughs> no, 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 they sell alcohol there. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. good point, Fallon. Good point. Like, all sad, <laughs> sober people at Friendly's. That's a good point. Okay. Well, I guess it's a good point too because like the father definitely doesn't want to be at Friendly's. No. Like if you take your, desperation. If you there. take your kids to the ninety nine, like you can at least have a beer or two and be like, Well, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> My kids are disappointments, but you know it's not disappointing me. 
The second tall beer. Yeah, just have a couple of those, and like you know, the night at the Trent Friendlies, you're sitting in a small, bright red booth. Like, oh, fuck, fifteen year old is waiting. Yeah. On you. Um, mine. I'm going with Chili's, a classic that we used to yeah. go to all the time. I think you're gonna go Applebee's. No, I'm not an Applebee's fan. I don't mind Applebee's. I guess all things considered, but I'm more of a Chili's guy. Chili's easy place to go, golf down a few beers. The food is passable there. Um. You get the chips and salsa. It's is a that great endless, little endless, yeah, chips, endless and chips and salsa. You just sit there and eat that of a bunch of beers, no problem. I mean, it's obviously a lonely place. Don't get me wrong. You don't want to be, <laughs> you don't want to be caught there. But as as I was saying before, I travel a lot for work, and there's a Chili's at like every airport, and they're open all the time. You can yeah. get a beer there no matter what, rise or shine, except in Massachusetts where. The fucking rules are so cool. Yeah, we have like blue laws over yeah, our you, booze at airports. You can open it. They don't open up till like 9 a.m. when it's somebody else's like 2 p.m. But yeah. whatever. But most airports, you can go to any ch- Chili's anywhere and just get a beer and have something that's edible. And it's got a lot of nostalgia for John and I. We used to go there all the time growing up. There was one right by the Burlington Mall. Yeah. We used to drive to my house in Lexington. Very short ride. Go with my brother and my cousin. Get the crispy chicken tenders. Round of crispy chickens. <laughs> yeah, round of crispy chickens. And yeah. we did... And then as you get older, you go there, you can have a couple beers. So that to me, that to me was an easy place to go. They're all over the place. Yeah. Mainly in the airports. Like that's one of their go-to things. Because when you get to an airport, we've all been there. It's like, what the fuck are you going to eat? Like, ah, oh, jeez. Been here before. Yeah. There, yeah. Yeah, exactly. oh, yeah. We'll go into the Chili's and get some. Because like, when we were coming back from Nashville and we ate at that, whatever that honky-tonk place was, that food was so fucking horrible. Johnny uh, Cash's. No, 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 not even the place before. I mean, in the in airport. The airport. Oh, Tootsies? Oh, right. Yeah. Tootsies. The food was fucking Awful. Well, that so Tootsie's is like a nice place to go to on Broadway, like in Nashville. And they just franchised it. Into yeah, and yeah. I can only like I've never I walked by the one in the airport, and I was like, yeah, like you're playing weird live music at an airport. Like I don't really want to be like I'm trying to get the hell out of here. I'm not going to sit down and be like, hey, can I really listen to your rendition of some old country song? We're going to make it on the that's Broadway. That's how I felt it every year. Yeah, 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 exactly. Airport version of Tootsie's. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm performing to Tootsie's. Oh really? Uh, in the airport. You're going to have to have a ticket to get through security to see me. Right? <laughs> um. Uh, any honorable mentions? I up. Why do you, Why are you picking breakfast places? Why are you picking children's places? <laughs> I, I. I. That was more. Of a, I had an inflection. You guys already mentioned my honorable mentions, but. I figured I'd throw it there. Do you guys like IHOP? Are no. you saying IHOP or IHOP? Are you talking about the burger one or the pancake one? <laughs> I wasn't familiar with the burger one. <laughs> I, I, I'd leave, give her, leave her to take it. I was going to say, what used to be a nice chain, um, a little expensive, but they had the one at the Alewife, at Alewife was uh, Old Bertucci's. Bertucci's is great. Is that Classic? Classic? Yeah, I think that counts. No, the, oh, no, I, thought I, I thought you said it was closed. No, no, there's, no, some, the, there's some other ones. Yeah, there are Bertucci's. Yeah, yeah, there's one in Memphis. I like Bertucci's. Like, Bertucci's are, it's a little pricey, but the pizza's solid. You can easily sit. Well, I used to go to, I used to meet my father at the one at Alewife all the time. Yeah. When I'd be living in Somerville, I'd just take the train over there, cause in, or like if I was going home, and he was picking me up, we'd get a couple beers at at there and like a bite to eat before we headed back. Easy spot to go. Can right? I pull a tarantula and go with Bertucci's as my choice? Yes, you can. I think it's a much better choice. I so I was supposed to much have, better than a tarantula. I was supposed to have dinner with my mother uh, this past Monday, and what was most convenient is because, as you guys know, I don't own a car. I was gonna take the red line, and my mother drove, and we would have met at the Alewife Bertucci's. Is that closed? Yes, she said it was. Okay, I'm, I was devastated to hear that. Yeah, she said it is that. closed, unfortunately. We have to go to the Bertucci's is a, now. Bertucci's yeah, yeah. is like yeah. Weird rendezvous into the suburbs. <laughs> we used to have a buddy at, at uh, worked at Summer Shack who committed uh, lobster genocide for know, summers at a time. Lobster boil, a tough yeah. job. <laughs> uh, I guess I, like I, I, kind of a weird honorable mention. It's a very local place, but Tenoch. There's like a bunch of them that are around. There's one in Medford Square. 
If you need to get like a sit down place to get like a burrito or tacos or anything, I really don't it's think any place can can really beat it around here. My so so your my your Chili's was my was my second choice if somebody grabbed the nines. I think we're on the same page. Yeah. My my honorable mention would be a slightly higher scale place, sort of like the Tooch. I like uh, I'm a I got a soft spot for legal seafood. Yeah. yeah. I think they do a good cocktail at the bar there. If you have a couple extra bucks to spend, you can do like a crab yeah. cake and some interesting shit there. I usually kind of get hooked up there too. If you like talk the bartenders up, you can kind of get a couple of free beers kind of knocked off the thing. I'm like, oh, good not, people. not the worst. Good people. A place I wouldn't, dep- it very much depends on what one you go to of this, um, but you and I have gone a few times. The Yard House. If you go oh, yeah. to the right one, like yeah. the one in Burlington's perfectly solid. You get a tall beer there. The food's perfectly edible. You can golf down some. I would not suggest going to the one yeah, Fenway. Fenway. Yeah. Really? I was about to say, oh, the what one in Fenway. We've had some hot time. Mark, you were with us. We, we always end up in there. Never, it's so Mark, sad. I, I feel like we're like always having some laughs crushing yeah, those fucking yardsticks. Yeah, we're usually drunk, and they, <laughs> the food, they, 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 they... Well, are we hanging out sober at the nines? No, but I'm saying they don't... The food, they pretty much like... They don't even want to give it to you. They're just like, remember that time we were trying to get food there and beers? It took like forever. They, they're maybe just too overwhelmed. I don't know. But that place is a little suspect. But in general, yeah, that was solid. Uh, curious to hear from, from the listeners what ones we missed, because I'm sure there's a lot of them. I mean, uh, I know, I don't know, there's definitely some we left off. Um, take a quick break and be back with Loser of the Week. Thank you for listening to Save It for the Podcast. If you have any suggestions for a toss-up or a Loser of the Week, feel free to reach us on Instagram or Twitter at Save It for the Cast. Uh, again, Save It, the number four, the cast. Welcome back, everybody. It is time for the last segment of the day. It is Loser of the Week. We didn't get to do one last week because we did Loser of the Year. Uh, we got a lot of feedback on Loser of the Year. Uh, who was up in the running? A lot of people mentioned, who was mentioned to me? Urban Meyer, you chose him, right? Yeah. Some people said they loved that one. A few really liked Will Smith, the captain, obviously. Ted Cruz was mentioned to me a few oh, times. Oh, Cruiser. Cruise That's a good missile. one. Cruise missile. Great Maybe mention. didn't get his due on the episode last week. No, we didn't really get into the cruise missile. He was mentioned. Cruiser definitely. Good good mention that I forgot about him. Um, yeah, we had picked him as loser a couple times. He had a tough, go- he had a tough year. Um, my retort to the listeners that mentioned him to me was that I thought it was a good one, but he came into the year as a loser, so I'm not his his his, his I'm sure his Q score is down, like he's still a fucking zero. Like he started so low. His advanced stats was so bad yeah. loser of the week. <laughs> Everybody hated him anyway, so it's sort of like tough to be that bad. Um, yeah. This week we're back fresh to pick uh the first real losers of twenty twenty two. Or no, I guess we've done a couple we've done one month this year. Um we'll get a new start for who's gonna really be in the running for loser of the year next year. So who wants to start us off? Who's got a good loser of Mark? Fire away. I'd be I would be more than honored. Thank you guys for letting me take the floor. This actually is uh, my loser of the week is one that I believe either John or you, Pat, I think it was John, uh, chose the Arizona Coyotes at a previous time. They're my loser of the week. The Arizona Coyotes are working on a deal to play a five thousand seat arena at Arizona State University. Craig Morgan of uh, he reported this. The team is looking for a new home as it deals with Glendale is, it's, I guess the deal with Glendale is set to expire. This fucking pro franchise is going to a, into an arena with 5,000 seats. How embarrassing is that? Is that because of the previous thing that I had mentioned? Where they yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. 
They never they they couldn't get it out from underneath that. Lean, it sounds they, like they, 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 they couldn't get. They, they like paid like the they paid the, the principal. Yeah, I, I remember that. I just assumed that they actually had the, just the dough. They bring the Nordiques back. I mean, like, what are we doing here, right? <laughs> fuck, that's tough. I mean, I lived in Arizona for two years. They don't give a fuck about hockey. Yeah. Surprising. That is yeah. yeah no, <laughs> that is so freaking embarrassing. That that's is so a bad, bad one. I mean, wow, to have to play in five thousand people. You get, that's got to be such a big hit to your bottom line, too. I mean, I don't know what they sell for tickets anyways. How, I'm trying to picture that kind of arena. Like, what is that? Like, the fucking House of Blues? Like, what are we talking here? <laughs> how about this? They said Someone's the, the, the four, 5,000 seat floor plan may have to be reduced to 3,200 <laughs> in order to fit, like, NHL requirements. Because and the of hits they, just keep on going. Can they go to see a show in the Middle East? What? I mean... I guess there's no bad seat in the house. Yeah, <laughs> so exactly. Any of the fans. I mean, that's pretty sweet if you are a Coyotes fan. What's the know. concessions look? What do the concessions look like there? How many hot dog men? Imagine oh. being a promoter there where you're just like, okay, we really need to get asses in seats here. It's like, we need you to fill 3,000 seats, man. Like, they shouldn't be that high. Yeah. And guarantee the price. Well, to make up the difference, each seat is reasonably priced at $5,000. <laughs> Listen, you have a very... It's a very private showing of yeah, this NHL game. That's fucked up. I mean, what does it sound like? It would be, I mean, I'm trying to think of like, that sounds like going to like an Arlington Catholic hockey game. Imagine if you're like Brad, let's just use a Bruins Bruin as an example. You're Brad Marchand or, you know, or, you know, I came in, I'm struggling naming guys on the Bruins. But they play in the highest level of NHL yeah. hockey. You know, you know, game seven, the Stanley Cup. You Cups. have to forfeit your home to games. And yeah. you have to fuck, all right, games. exactly, dude. Yeah. Just be in New Orleans when they had to deal with all the hurricanes. Just do all fucking 16 home away games. I guess it's tough because you have 82 games, but shout out to Noah for sending me that. And so what I guess what it said is that um, that arena that they owed money, they did pay off what they owed, like uh, yeah. one, $1 million and, outs- and overdue taxes and outstanding debts, but the arena there won't renew their lease. So now they've got to build a new one. Wow. They're not, they're not trustworthy. Well, yeah, I guess not. <laughs> was it now, wasn't Christ. Wayne Gretzky involved with the Coyotes for a couple of seasons? Might have been. I don't yeah, know. I well, can't it's remember. not it's it questions right. we can't answer. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> that's, why, that's why I had an inflection in my voice when I brought it up. Uh, who wants to go next? Uh, I'll go. And it's a guy who actually I used to really like, but that is Jeff Garcia with just a weird, weird take. So the backstory behind this is Mina Kimes, who works for ESPN, had a comment about Jimmy Garoppolo, which really was a lukewarm take at best. Yeah. That Jimmy is an average quarterback and that the 49ers are winning with Jimmy Garoppolo, and that it's not Jimmy Garoppolo leading them to victory, which I don't think if anybody looks at any of these stats or watches these games, I don't think you think that this guy's willing yeah. you to victory. Jeff Garcia needed to make sure he got this point off on, I, I believe, Instagram. And it was, who the hell is Mina Kimes? And when was the last time she ever threw a touchdown pass in a game? Never, ever. All in capital letters, which right there out of the gate doesn't help you with your uh, sanity. Has she ever taken a snap uh, or can truly understand the ability, the mindset, the physical and mental toughness that it takes to play the quarterback position or any position in the NFL? The fact that there are people out there given a platform to talk about something that they have never done is hilarious. And that's how you... Uh, this wording is just a, a scramble. And hilarious, to, uh, that's how you have to look at, uh, look at her. She's a joke. This guy, it's just the dumbest thing in the world. So you're telling me nobody that is, unless you played right. sports, I think I, an opinion? Tim, that's a great choice. I can't fucking stand that take when athletes say that shit or guys that are defending athletes. It's like, yes... Mina Kimes did not play NFL yeah, fucking football. Bill, Bill Belichick. I, think I he's mean, perfectly qualified yeah, to offer. Great choice. I fucking can't stand that. Does Jeff Garcia 
Bill Belichick played. What was his highest level he played? I think he played in college. Yeah, I think he like played at like a three. It doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. Eight. So Bill Belichick did not play at a high level. So he he never is, threw. Does that make him qualified or not? Never threw right. a touchdown. Can he offer criticism to the great Jeff Garcia? Jeff Garcia oh, yeah. went six and ten with Terrell Owens and Jerry, Jerry Rice. Rice. Yeah, loser. Yeah. <laughs> let's just let's just throw that out there. It's not like he was at the top of his craft. Yeah, and meanwhile he wants to go out there and go after, and it's the entire thing was just sexist. Well, you can't have yeah. look at these clowns. Like, get the hell out. Yeah, of no, that's, great that's, choice, that's, Tim. Screw go back. It. Fuck I, Jeff Garcia. I haven't heard about you. Since I was in like seventh grade, dude, and I got to be honest, I was doing just fine well, without you. He just you. wants attention. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Jeff. The only way you can actually have these conversations when somebody says something like that is like, Mina Kimes obviously never played in the NFL. You've never done her job. Who's better at their job? Yeah, <laughs> you. You went six and ten with two of the greatest receivers of their generation. She's one of the top voices in ESPN analysis. Yeah. I mean, a football analysis on ESPN. I think she's doing just fine. Me yeah. too. She's doing a great uh, job. Yeah. Absolutely. She's um, on all these talking head shows for a reason. Yeah, she's good. Yeah, yeah. And she's she. I mean, she's. Pretty like to me, she t- is, is like pretty smart about stuff. But uh, Tim, you're absolutely right. I think that's I think that's a lame. Guys, Garcia is definitely coming from a sexist point of view. Yeah, of course he is. Yeah, yeah. he's just yeah. Well, he's coming from he's coming from a guy who's just a fucking who wants attention. So if, if yeah. Warren Moon, who I don't know, actively watches football, not to pick on Warren Moon, but if he critiques Jimmy Garoppolo, Warren that's, Sharp. Well, who are you saying? Warren? I'm just picking on a generic oh, Warren Moon. Oh, okay. retired okay. quarterback. Retired if Warren Moon wants to critique Jimmy Garoppolo, he's allowed to because he played the game of football. Not passed away. I was about to say, if he did, that would be pretty impressive. Fuck, I, I don't know. Uh, Jim Drunkenmiller. I mean, yeah. come on. You know what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. Like, So the only people that can offer that criticism would be retired, would be quarterbacks. So if you played so if you played defense, could you? Like, exactly, I don't know. right? I mean, if like, you were defensive end, right? Yeah, can you can you speak on Jimmy Garoppolo? Warren Moon is alive, by the way. I thought he died. When you said it, I was like, I haven't heard his name in a while. I feel like he's dead. Sorry. He's, not, he's, not, he's not the lead actor from... Uh, from uh, yeah, karate. Yeah, the karate kid, yeah. William Zabaka, who you thought was dead. It was not dead. Billy Zabka. Zabaka? Who the hell says Zabaka? Billy Zabka. Uh, all right, Johnny, what do you got? Um, I went with, I feel like this is probably one of the bigger news stories of the week, but I went with, um, and this is sort of a sad one, but I went with Neil Young. Uh, oh. I, I, it was so close to mine. Yeah, so Neil Young is, is my loser of the week for folks that haven't heard the story. Neil Young issued uh, Spotify an ultimatum this week saying that if they don't pull Joe Rogan's podcast because of all the like the misinformation and like the sort of, you know, intellectually, um, you know, insincere arguments like from his podcast, if they don't pull if they don't pull Joe Rogan's podcast from Spotify. Neil Young said that they had to take all of his music off Spotify. Oh, shame. Kills the Southern man anymore before pregame. <laughs> um, so Spotify swiftly acted and just removed Neil Young's catalog from the platform. Now, I think that Joe Rogan is a moron, and I think he's bad for mm-hmm. you know, humanity. Humanity in a lot of ways because he gives he's he just the, asking questions. Yeah, he's just asking questions. You know, no, like, yeah, it's like he's just fanning the flames of ignorance everywhere. So. It sucks, but talk about misunderstding your fucking leverage. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, like, that you just would got be like hundred million dollars for the Spotify contract, and people they're gonna be like, "Whoa!" After the gold rush, it's getting a lot of plays recently. Like, what is this? Well, it's like you just—I I understand that it's that he's doing it out of principle, and I respect that. 
But to not understand that you have forced essentially your music out of a major way to listen to it for younger people sure. who might want to learn about your music, yeah, it just seems like shooting yourself, like cutting your nose off to spite your hundred percent. It would be, it would have the same impact to Spotify if we got on this podcast today and said you can no longer stream <laughs> Save It for the Podcast if you concurrently continue to support Joe Rogan. Yeah, that hundred listeners, you're down. <laughs> yeah, they would immediately have. They'd be like, "Well, we're sorry to lose you guys. Seemed like you had." <laughs> No, they would. They would not say. It. They'd be like, "Huh? Yeah, who would see that?" They would literally say, "Who?" They would have some intern send in the message that says, "Leave us alone." Yes. Yeah, you know? you're on our platform? Question mark. We've been meaning to pull you anyway. Yeah, I don't know. It just it felt like something that was like, "Oh, I understand what you're trying to do, but unless you have some sort of." handshake agreement with other artists that feel the same way who are also willing to walk away yeah you've essentially just pulled your own catalog of music from this platform for nothing this isn't drake saying this this yeah. is the guy who's i mean like really what was his last big album i mean yeah. it wasn't any time do you think no so, john do you think that neil young thinks he's on par with bruce springsteen I don't know what he thinks. I know he's a political activist at heart, and I think that this is more of a stance of principle. I just think it's a little misguided because it's... I don't know what he thinks his reach is, but I think it's less than he thinks it is. Like, maybe I think a the, principle take, like you said, though. Maybe yeah. just that he wants to give them a fuck you, and he's like, yeah. I don't need the money, money so whatever. I, I always ask, like, what's the end game when a guy does something like that? And, I mean, who... Uh, I haven't spoken publicly about Neil Young in quite some time, so I mean, maybe you're, get, you're getting your name out there kind of this way, but like, what's the end game there, man? Like, just getting your stuff pulled off of Spotify is really it. But I think that it's like it doesn't create enough groundswell, so it's sort of like, again, he is a very well-respected musician. If he wanted to do something like this and organize it in a different, more meaningful way... Maybe he could affect some sort of change where other people say, yeah, we're also pulling from Spotify. Reach out to Bruce Springsteen, who's very liberal. Right. something yeah. like that. But if you're not going to do that, and you're just going to say this is a me thing, then you're probably not doing any, you're not, you're not creating any change. Sort of my sure. So nice try, but sorry, Neil. We're going to have to run the numbers on this again, but I don't think they're going to stick with you over uh, smoking Joe Rogan. So, Joe Rogan has the number one podcast in the world. Yeah. Yeah. What are you supposed to say? Nice try, Neil. Maybe next time don't make it so dramatic. I know. Yeah, that's, I guess... That what happened if Neil Young tried to cancel Saber for the podcast? Oh, I think they would go with him. Have you ever, <laughs> if a tree falls in the yeah, uh, forest... Yeah, my, my guess is they, they'd be like, why? Could, <laughs> Neil Young could have us killed, I yeah. think. <laughs> yeah, and Spotify would be like, what did they do? I mean, you're still going to be on here, but what, you, what did they do? Uh, all right, I'll go with my guy. Um, last but not least, this is actually like a week and a half, maybe two weeks ago. Um, this is so good, though. Uh, but we we had Loser of the Week, and we had a week off, so we didn't get sure, a chance yeah. to do it. This is, My Loser of the Week is a man named John Reyes, Canadian politician, Minister of Economic Development Jobs for the Manitoba government. Uh, and I thought it was relevant this week because we've got a huge snowstorm coming tomorrow. So John, uh, it's at 9.18 a.m. that day. He's... In his window, looking outside, taking a nice photo, he tweets, Even after a 12-hour shift at the hospital last night, my wife still has the energy to shovel the driveway. God bless her and all our frontliners. Time to make her some breakfast. Hands claps the moment. She's out there busting her hump. This is dusting. It's it's about... John Ray's going to have a freaking heart condition. He doesn't. He's healthy as a horse. He's healthy as can be. His wife is out there. Did a 12-hour shift. 
in the fucking hospital. And she's shoveling the driveway and he's gonna go make her some breakfast. That sounds that sounds like John's wife who was John's, I wife, was, breakfast John's wife was eight months pregnant, driving home from her twelve hour shift, pulled over on the highway because someone was in distress. Yeah. All four men in this room would have fucking driven so quickly past that fucking situation. Oh, we would not be able to provide help. No. I think that's is a lot worse than that because it's like this man is watching his wife who must be exhausted and tired to the bone. And definitely the breadwinner. She's a fucking doctor. Well, I mean, he's all... She, well, we, we don't know. If she could be a nurse. I have no idea what she does. But he, he's also high. I mean, it doesn't matter who's a breadwinner. More mad is... <laughs> okay, his wife did tweet eventually later that like she wanted to shovel. So fucking what? Go and help her. Yeah. yeah. What are you doing inside? I'm going to recreate this photo tonight when Ansley gets back from the hospital. I'm going to be standing in the window with the baby, like, doing a great job. People tweeted so many things, and it's like, he says he's going to make her breakfast. Like, somebody's like, oh, what type of Pop-Tart are you making, dipshit? Oh, it's man. like that, and just, like, lay it into him. But it's, it's just like, maybe his wife died to shovel, and, like, maybe they couldn't go outside or whatever. You can't fucking tweet this. You can't. You cannot. You can't Your wife it. cannot be doing it. Wife or husband, whoever. Somebody has a 12-hour shift to the hospital. They should not be out there fucking shoveling the house out the next day. You get your ass outside and do yeah. it. At the very minimum, you should be helping. At the, at, at Really, what you should be doing is say, I don't. I know you might want to do it. I'm going to take care of it. Please go inside. But she's already dressed, Pat. You want, yeah, I guess that's right. Get out of your car and get to work. You, <laughs> you already got your boots on. I'm just imagining him like Michael Scott before he does Michael Scott Paper Company, and he's making like a thousand things of French toast, so he didn't have to do the job of actually like running the paper company. Yeah, I feel like that's what this guy's doing inside. He has like a stack of French toast. He's like, no, no, I'll get out there as soon as breakfast is done for. Yeah, just keep flipping them. What killed me too is people were really laying into this guy because his other tweets had been he was staying up late that night watching the Davis Cup tennis matches. Yeah, doing himself no favors. So he's tweeting. It's somebody. He's tweeting at like one fifty-five at a.m. His wife has been shoveling at what is seven a.m. their time. His tweet is diehard. Stayed up late for this one because the future is now. Like way to go, oh, Team Canada. Oh, so he's staying up till two a.m. Then he's too tired to get up and do the shuffle the next day. How do you t- how do you spend this one to your wife with a twelve hour shift? Oh, I really wish I got him done that. Sorry, I was watching the tennis. You know, <laughs> a couple of shot in days. I was yeah. watching the tennis. But here you go. Here are the pop tots. Yeah, there's a little bit of frozen margarita left in the fridge. If you want some, <laughs> that is a man night. who had money on that tennis match. Yeah. Yeah. you're up at one thirty in the morning. I like this guy more and more. <laughs> Somebody tweeted. <laughs> I know, John. This guy must be sound sound. Uh, uh, you must have a, a con- yeah. connection to this guy. Right? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to reach out to him. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Somebody tweeted this photo is a like a made up casket of him and says she's just practicing, showing her shuffle and crave on his casket. Where the tombstone says R.I.P. John Reyes. Oh, so John Reyes, loser, man. Uh, whether your wife is doing the shoveling or not, keep it to your fucking self so you don't humiliate yourself yeah. on the internet. That's a good. Re- that's a good lesson for all of us. Yeah, seriously. I mean, t- think before you tweet. Okay. Uh, can I offer a quick little uh, sidebar, a little winner of the week, if you will? Byron Leftwich. You guys see that? No. What a guy. So he was. Uh, it was Shady McCoy that was on a podcast, and they he told the guys in the locker room, "Hey, listen. If you got incentives that are coming up, and you're getting close to something, let me know. I'm getting you the ball." And I got to be honest, when you actually hear stories about coaches like that, that understand these guys are just workers, man. They just want to get paid. And if a guy can make a couple more catches, why the hell not? Absolutely, we're going to get you out there. We're going to get some yards, and you're going to get paid. So oh, we yeah. need more Winner guys like week. Byron. Good one, Tim. We need more guys like Byron Leftwich. Does Byron Leftwich have any say in where the ball goes? 
Yeah, he's very nice. <laughs> I mean, no, no, he, no, he, no, no, less than less than zero point. No person that decides where the ball goes, what the team does is not Bruce Arians, not Byron Leftwich, yes. it's nobody. It's Tom, Tom Brady. Brady. Right, the ball goes with Tom Brady. Did you see? You want to see how you at least Gronk get him out on the field? Though. You know, how, you know how Gronk got his incentives because Tom Brady said, "I will be in the game until he gets it." So Tom Brady makes the decisions on who gets the incentives. It's a nice idea by Byron Leftwich. But the, the decision maker Good in Tampa service. Bay, the decision maker in Tampa Bay, not Bruce Arians, not Byron Leftwich, not the defensive warner, Stop. not the GM, not anybody. The only person that makes decisions there is Tom Brady. That's Hold on. it. But 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 you can you can do your best to put those guys in the game in the packages and draw some stuff up for them during the week. And if Tom doesn't like him, he'll throw it in the fucking dirt before he lets him get that. He'll you can it. only do what you can do. Yeah. And Byron had his best intentions at, yeah. at, at, at heart. He did. And he will be a better coach than a lot of these guys that are getting high, I'm sure. I think I'd, I'd take him over some of these guys that are really getting, certainly... Certainly Mike Singletary. Yeah. Byron um, Leftwich would be a great fucking coach for the for the Bears. He would be a yeah, great coach for the Jacks. He should go... He should definitely Jacks. be the coach the Jacks. For the Jacks. That's, that's a perfect... That's the easiest one in the world. Yeah, right? that's a perfect oh, yeah, segue from the Urban Meyer era of, like, telling everybody they're losers... And zeros to a coach who actually cares about what happens. That's yeah, the best HR team. move the Jazz could do yeah, is bring yeah. in Byron Leftwich. Love Play by the future already. And now let's watch the absolute great coach. We yeah. are going to talk more QB. about this next week, so I don't want to say too much. But the Jaguars, it does sound like Leftwich will go there. But they did interview one of our favorites. Which guy again? Vic Vangio. Oh, Jesus. Uh. That's right, too. They, they went out there. <laughs> they, they thought he was getting somebody else, and they flew Vic Fangio out. Uh. Can you imagine? Oh my goodness! Nothing wipes a palate clean like an <laughs> Urban Meyer stench than a little Vic Vangio, back Vangio. The guy who was fired next, I believe. Yeah, this it was season? number two or maybe number three. This Depending year. on the exact timeline. Oh, we'll like get Nagy in there as the D coordinator. We'll get Joe Judge doing the special teams. We'll get a whole. We'll build a super powered coach. Of all fired guys, <laughs> there's a haunted ghost ship. Well, I, I will say real quick. I know we're I know we're running long, but there's there was talking about potential uh, offensive coordinators if McDaniel leaves. McDaniel's leaves, and they mentioned Joe Judge potentially being an offensive coordinator. Yuck! In the in the event that uh, McDaniel's leaves, and, he can uh, only Bill be an offensive coordinator if he can beat Mark Colombo in a fight. So until then, is that who? It's Colombo was the guy who beat up. Oh man. That was a tough one. Yeah. Not a great look for uh, good old Joe Judge. <laughs> Joe Judge, loser of the century. Out. Just getting worked by one of your coaches <laughs> is just not a good... You can't go into the locker room after that and then have one of the guys... Like, you're trying to tell a guy what to do. Just be like, I'm just going to tell the coach. And he's just going to beat you up well, again. Well, you got to buy it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. buy it. I got his number. I can just bring him right back in here, buddy. Uh, all right, boys. This has been a great episode. Tim, thank you very much for joining thank us you guys. this week. Uh I mean, this is an incentive to be in the pod- the podcast fantasy league. Look at what you got out of it—a whole hour and a half. Worth you of- guys got to listen to my shitty voice for an entire podcast, so yeah, you know what I mean. Who's, re- who's really the winner here, guys? Who's no? shitty it is until we edit it. We'll get some <laughs> feedback on maybe this is more of a face the nation type show, and we just didn't realize it, and you'll Bring have to become back. Call me yeah. Tim Fucking Russet then. <laughs> <laughs> We are, yeah. Maybe we'll have to think up some new segments. Um, anything? What are we watching for this week? Obviously. NFL games going on. Uh, Celtics big game tonight. Huge game. Celtics are on a good roll. We're going to talk more about them, I think, next week. Celtics have been playing very good basketball. Um, number two net rating in the NBA in the last 15 days. Number seven on the whole season. Actually, maybe higher now. Very good stretch of basketball for the Celtics. Um, U.S. men's national team huge game against Canada this weekend to qualify for the Olympics. Great of course, the, the, the dipshit Canadians scheduled it. 
literally opposite the AFC Championship, so nobody will get to see it. <laughs> Fuck off, Canada. You and John Reyes. Um, <laughs> anything else, boys? I think I'm good. All right. Until next week, save it for the podcast. <laughs>